The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Douglas. I am fucking nervous. Why? For real? Yeah. Why? Uh, it's a No, it's a good thing. I haven't left my fucking house in a year. You've been I mean, totally locked for, up. Well, I mean, I, I go to the grocery store. Uh, you, how did you avoid getting it? You didn't get it at all, right? No. Co- the cooties? No. Because everyone I know is a shut-in, too. And I <laughs> fucking loved it. It's, it's like, I left a day after my year anniversary. Like, I packed a week before coming here. So all you've done is go to the food store? Yep. Wow. Uh, I, I went up uh, to Phoenix for New Year's to see... Uh, it's a long story. To see a dog that I almost kept... Uh, but I gave away. Anyway, so yes, basically, no, I have not left fucking Bisbee, Arizona in a year. Wow. And I didn't think it affected me until I left. It's like if you stayed in bed for a year going, I don't need to walk. I know how to walk. And then after a year, you're like, fuck my legs. <laughs> I'm atrophied. What feels, what feels the weirdest? Just figuring out how to pack for the road. I packed everything. I drove, and uh, I left Sunday to be here Wednesday. It's a 13-hour drive. I could have done it in one shot, <laughs> but I was so excited. I'm going to leave on Sunday and just take the back roads. And uh, like I practiced talking on the phone before I came here. <laughs> An hour and a half before, I'm just calling people. Like I don't talk to anyone on the phone. The only time I you know, use the phone is to figure out where to meet you to talk. I don't socialize on the phone. You right. and I talk maybe twice a year tops. And when I see it's you, I go, do I have an hour? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll make an hour. Because we don't... But otherwise... So I was like... I haven't talked to people other than, do you have a room available <laughs> for three days? Right. Three and a half days. So I was calling you know, Bingo and Brian Hennigan... Go just talk to me. Like <laughs> you don't I, I packed what I thought was a carload of shit. I forgot vodka, which is my go-to drink, and a shirt. I only had the t-shirt that I was wearing that after three days started to stink and I went, fuck, I didn't pack another shirt. Did you go shirt shopping then? Yeah, I went to the thrift store. Oh. Thrift store. Yeah. Of course. Yes. You notice I'm fucking, I didn't, like I brought two different suits, like goofy suits. Right. And I'm like, I've been wearing pajamas for a year. I, w- I think I would be even more awkward if I was wearing a suit, especially with stupid hair. When did the goofy suits become a thing with you? Like what year? Did you uh, think that? 1989, it started in <laughs> telemarketing because my mother would send me goofy suits like that because they had just gone out of style. Like in that earlier, that decade. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, fucking, it's like buying acid wash jeans now. Yeah, they're a fucking nickel a pair at the thrift store. I think so we, Jamie has a few pairs. You have any of those? Acid wash sweatpants. Oh, yes, that's right. Sweatpants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, 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 but that's your signature shit now, the, mm. the goofy suit. Yeah, and I go, I don't think I'm ready to put on a goofy suit. I don't know if it, it would clash with the goofy hair. Because people will show up at my shows in goofy suits, oh, but no. they'll have like plaid on plaid, and you go, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> like I, 
I accessorize perfectly in a goofy suit, but I go, I have the goofy hair now. Is mm. that like polka dots on plaid? I don't know. Right, have you gone too far? Yeah, I want to be comfortable here, so mm. I'm wearing pajamas like I have for mm. the last year. Why don't you just wear pajamas? That's what I'm wearing. Well, pajama pants. Are those pajama pants? Yeah. Okay, there you go. And this is uh, this was my old travel shirt. I wore this anytime I traveled. But yeah, I want to be comfortable. I don't want to fuck. You've stayed within your means very well. Like you've never had to worry about finances. Like you've you you dialed that in early. Yeah. uh, You never fell into the trap. A lot of people do. Will they like buy a bigger house or buy a bigger car or this or that? My shit's paid for. After a year of not working, I go, ooh, I always bragged about how much fucking I don't need to work. And then I go, all right, now I'm starting to worry. Should I buy this dumb plastic shit from Amazon or not? (laughs) (laughs) When do you think you're going to start working again? Are you going to get the vaccine? I got got my first shot. Which one, the Pfizer or the Moderna? No, Moderna. (laughs) I got my first shot (laughs) about two weeks ago. Two weeks ago tomorrow. Why is it funny? Because <laughs> I just realized I still have the fucking Band-Aid when I took a bath last night. I'm such a fucking slothful pig when it oh, comes to bathing. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it's still there. I didn't wash that hard that it came off even <laughs> last night. They're resilient, those Band-Aids. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll stick around for a while. Well, I'm going to get my follow-up shot two weeks from now and they'll just from the same off. lady. And I, I want her to see the same dirty bandage and make her pick it up. I know that's rude, but I think it's funny. So you're getting the shots in Bisbee? Is it hard to get it? Or do they have a good supply? Um, yeah, well, well, it just... Uh, I, I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but I, I probably oh, cut a line. Right. Yeah, 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 I get it, yeah. <laughs> but, but yesterday, Cochise County tweeted, okay, now 18 and up. And I go, yeah, that's great you tweeted that, but maybe nine people in all of Cochise County are on Twitter. You you get to go door to door to fucking alert these people. The UFC contacted me. They have a a large supply of uh, Johnson & Johnson vaccines. That's the one you only take one shot. It's different. It's not an mRNA vaccine. It's a different vaccine. What is it called? An adenovirus? Is that what it's called? Do you know what it's called? Some sort of different shot. They uh, they want to give it to me this weekend. Oh, oh so you I'm haven't had your first it. yet? No. All right. I, I I don't I don't know your. You know I I I'm just I hear about you. Oh. I, like, you hear about. I me. think he's an anti-masker. Well, maybe he's no. an anti-vaxxer. No, right? I'm neither anti-max, anti, <laughs> anti-mask or anti-vax. I'm neither one of those things. But I'm not worried about the virus. Everyone that I know that got it, they were, they were sick for like a day. My whole family got it, and I didn't get it. But I'm on so much shit between vitamins and testosterone, and I'm in the fucking sauna every day. Like, what does this say? Unlike the mRNA virus from Pfizer and Moderna, which deliver a fat-covered bits of genetic material into your cells, the Johnson Johnson vaccine uses a shell of a virus to carry genetic material into your cells. Says Gandhi. Well, Gandhi's the, the guy? That's the doctor. How weird. Change your name, bro. <laughs> you know, that's like Dr. Hitler. You know what I mean? Like, maybe time for a fucking name change. Adolf. Well, maybe he's changed his name up. 
Like, oh, right. I was Dr. Hitler. I should change it to something <laughs> more uh, easily consumable. He became Gandhi. The shell is an uh, adenovirus, which normally causes colds, but it has been modified so it no longer replicate and make you sick. All right, you don't need to read all that. We ha- we'll have people tune out in the third hour. They're, they're tuned out already. So, uh, yeah. So, no, I'm not anti. People get mad at me because I said I don't think I need the vaccine. Wait, here's the I'm thing. Healthy. You have the longest... Uh, platform in the shortest attention span society's ever known. Mm. So when people put the the, the viral clip of Rogue uh, Burr telling you, don't act like we know what the fuck we're talking about. Right, right, right. That was like 22 seconds of a three-hour podcast. So we got it. Oh, Rogan's a fucking anti-masker. That was me trying to get Burr riled up. Yeah, Yeah, but I'm saying people don't have, there's no no context anymore. Right, of course. It's done. Uh, it is weird because you think like people know what you're doing. Like with Bill, you're always like, come on, you're going to listen to them. <laughs> you're always going to say that to him. It's like, bah, bah. and then you fucking crank them up and let yeah. them go. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, you really think these fucking masks work? You know, they say masks are all bullshit. And then next thing you know, Bill's oh, oh, that fucking Irish face gets red <laughs> and he's on a rant. I, I, I mean, obviously masks do something. You're breathing through a filter. It's the, the question is, like, how much does it filter? I don't know. I mean, some people say it does nothing because the air is getting in and the particles are smaller than the air. And some people say it blocks a lot of what's coming out, like a certain percentage of it. But here's the thing. Like, look at how few people got the flu this year. There, that's my hypocrisy. I got, first of all, COVID for me for a year has been the best excuse I've ever had. This is one of the best years of my life was 2020 <laughs> Just plus one. Uh, was, yeah, to have an excuse to not socialize, to not work. Because I'm legendary for every three years going, fuck this, I'm done with comedy. Yeah, I'm you, never you doing quit it for again. like six months. And, and I know you... that I'm lying. Right. But uh, like mentally, this time I had an excuse to not work. I had an excuse why you couldn't come over, where generally I'm polite and you want to come down and visit. But yeah, COVID. And then, mm. well, you really believe that shit? Well, the people around me do. And then I can put the blame on, you know, Chaley and Tracy. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they're, everyone else is worried. I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. Uh, and then I get the shot, uh, my first one. And, Did the first uh, one bother you at all? Did it fuck with you? I'm so afraid of needles that I started drinking at 9 a.m. for a 5 p.m. shot. <laughs> so the next day when I was sweating through fucking comforters, I don't know, is that hangover or flu residual? <laughs> but the, the hypocrisy is that I've always shit on Chaley and Tracy for getting flu shots. You should get a flu shot. No, I don't, I don't, I don't like needles. Well, I might be killing as many old people by not getting a f- regular flu shot, but I don't give a fuck about old people, and they're not in my life. Oh. Which I think, uh, subliminally, a lot of people... Uh, if, 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 if coronavirus was killing that many babies and children, I right. think the same anti-maskers would be attacking you with a crowbar for not wearing a mask in public. You're fucking risking my kid's life. Probably. Well, people get fucking ape-like over yeah, their people children. Be, they'd be very different. But yeah. yeah. I think that's a fucking natural selection kind of thing is I don't give a fuck about old people. They're taking food from the fucking family and the, and the herd. Let them die off. 
I'm a, I get a, I've been studying uh, evolutionary uh, psychology. I, I, I downloaded a book on Audible about it, 16 and a half hours, and listened to it on the way out, so I should yeah. have a degree, even though I didn't understand most of what they were talking about. What's the book? Uh, the Moral Animal. Oh, um, who is that? Who wrote that? Uh, it's, it's like when you started comedy and you go, that guy was really funny. What was his name? I have no idea. I just went to comedy night and there was a guy that was really funny. Uh, what, uh, what got you into this moral animal book? Why? Uh, fucking, that's drive. why I love long drives. Yeah. Like, that's why I left three days early because th there's nothing that makes me more creative. Like your sensory deprivation tanks. A fucking road trip across, from Arizona across New Mexico and West Texas. Yeah. <clears throat> Nothing but fucking two lanes to focus on. Nobody out there. And yeah, your mind spirals. That was why I had to practice talking. Sometimes I stopped and did one podcast, my own podcast, which I should promote. I never promote my own. I'm putting more effort into it. We're doing Patreon. Are you doing uh, Patreon now? Yeah. Did you just get tired of doing ads? Well, uh, well, we got to make money, right? Like I started that podcast as a, a, a default open mic. Back, I started my podcast back when we really thought everyone has a podcast, <laughs> and since COVID, like I have two people that I, I keep in touch with that are uh, one's in a mental institution for murdering his mother. Whoa! Actually, in a halfway house now. Uh, They're gonna let him out. Yeah, he's got a job. He I have killed his, his mom. Yes, yes. I assume stabbed her to death. I never really got into the details. Well, but uh, he's come to my shows. He, he gets day passes and yeah. nice kid. And then Bobby Caldwell nice, uh, notes nice from kid? the pen. Hold up, let's yeah. not gloss over this. Nice kid stabbed his mom. What happened? Yeah, he's a mental illness. And they're gonna let him out? Did they fix he, it? He's, he's out. How he, they... he only went back in because of COVID, and now how he's back. How long is he in for? Not very long. I think How's it was his 2014. How's his mom's family feel about this? Uh, 2014? The, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, that quick. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. You you well, go in jail he, for eight he, years? Legions, for... he went to... It's, he thought... Uh, well, he thought his mother was the devil and was going to hurt the rest of the family. Uh, this, this isn't like yeah, but uh, this isn't cool mental illness. Like I'm kind of bipolar, so right. excuse my behavior. This is like serious mental illness. Voices in your head. That's like uh, Jason Voorhees shit. Like why do they uh, let him out? Well, they put him in. He got found not guilty by reason of insanity. Wow. Went to a mental institution. Showed great progress. Uh... <laughs> and now he's out. Well, he's half a house. He's got a he's got a job and a bank account, and he was wow. employee of the month who at his job. Who hires him? It's a, it's a, a knife a, company. A, a, a <laughs> knife company. He doesn't have sponsorship, but the point is, he's starting a podcast. Bobby at notesfromthepen.com fucking accidentally killed his wife in a, during a suicide attempt, and now wait, he wait, has, wait, wait, what? He's a, he's the other guy. He's, Jesus Christ. But he's that guy's brilliant. He's really strong. He was drug addicted and tried to kill himself and fucking the bullet went behind him as his wife was trying to stop him, killed her. And, uh, yeah, he's doing 15 years. So he's like he's like 4 years away from release in Michigan. Uh hopefully fucking Michigan. Uh 
starts. They, they don't have a, a good behavior kind of thing where Bobby would be out by now. That guy's actually a legit writer. Uh, if, if, if he does, uh, on his website, he has, uh, he's a comedy fan, and he has all these, uh, like how a comic, these different comics, pull up notes from the pen.com and how comics would fare in prison, because he rates all, <laughs> all the comedians how they would, and of course, you, you, you do very well. Uh, he'll pull it up. This book that you have. The too, point is, they both this. have podcasts. Bobby's podcast is really popular now. Let me see Andrew Santino, 7 out of 10, redhead, quick wit, relatively young, confident. He'd find his crew. I feel like redheads fight more than usual, so he'd probably get into a few <laughs> altercations, but generally would be all right with a few, some new stories and a few scars. Um, go up go a to little Ro bit. Go to Rogan. Amy <laughs> Schumer? Question mark. <laughs> Adam Sandler, 9 out of 10. If, if I had only seen his comedies, I would have scored him lower. <laughs> but there's a depth, even darkness under the surface. Did you see, have you seen Uncut Gems? Mm -hmm. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's great. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. It's like if you think you know who Adam Sandler is, watch Uncut Gems. I mean, that guy's a, an incredible actor. Like if you, you th see yeah. Waterboy and then you see this, you'll go, wait, wait a fucking minute. This is the same guy? Like, how come you haven't been doing this the whole time? Like, he's so good. You wonder, like, it's crazy that he does these, like, silly movies, which I guess he loves. And I, like, I love Zoh Zohan's I, one of my favorite movies. There's a, there's one that I watched on a, the Hangover Sundays where you go, I just need something dumb. Right. But not too dumb. Uh, and I, I forget what it was. It was one of the dumb ones. I swear he's a someone's dad and comes back into his life. I think that is probably seven of his movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a gang of those kind of movies. But it was, like, this is, like, so perfectly dumb for what I need in my head right now. Yeah, they're fun movies. Like, he's got, we, me and the family, when we went into the COVID lockdown, we watched uh, every Adam Sandler movie. We had, like, movie night basically every night because we were just trapped at home. You know, in the beginning, everyone was trapped. That's all we did. We stayed at home. We watched movies. We went to the grocery store. And then slowly but surely, people started getting annoyed with it. Well, that's uh, the difference is, and it was triggering to hear when you said, me and the family. Because yeah. that's the, the part of Joe Rogan no one ever considers is you do actually have right. a family. I do not. So for me at home, it was just the usual suspects that would come over and would... You know, in the summer, we'd have movie nights out on the patio. <laughs> yeah. You know, watch The Jerk. Why would you watch The Jerk again? Because we're locked down. It's a good fucking and, movie. Yeah, and having cocktails on the patio. The Jerk is kind of historic, too. It's like, it's not, just a, it's not just a good movie. It's like you're watching a chunk of history. Like, this is when Steve Martin came out with that movie back in the day. That, that movie was the shit. It was the shit. And it still is. It is. I, I, don't, I don't know if younger people appreciate a lot of this stuff that uh, that we do. The jerk? But I think the jerk, the jerk held up in front of an audience of younger people. So it's fucking some great. of them, you go, even myself, like Kentucky Fried Movie, you go, oh, that was this shit in 1979. And then you watch it, you go, this is the dumbest fucking movie. I didn't see that. I, thought, I think I saw it back in the day, but I haven't seen that recently. Um, movie 42 is the one that we found. What's that? I think it's called Movie 42. Hey, I wanted to see Rogan, how Rogan fared in prison on Notes from the Pen. 
Uh, movie 42 is like a, it's a sketch comedy, but like huge names are in it. Like Hugh Jackman was well, got oh, really? balls on his chin. It's it's just really dumb. Like it's, it's basically you know sketch comedy, but filmed like a, a, a movie. Okay. Anyway, it was one of the things that we found just watching dumb movie shit. Movie 43. Sorry. The See? biggest cast ever assembled. That's why I have to have you fact check me, Jamie. Uh-huh. Kristen Bell. Blah, blah, blah. Joey Diaz, 9 out of 10. This is pointless. Joey Coco Diaz has already done time. Oh, you're fucking 10 in, out of 10. In Kyle. Oh, I got 10 out of 10. Visually and physically, multiple black belts. Son of an Irish cop from Boston. New Jersey, actually. Uh, first choice for a victim. Da, 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 da. Respectful, intuitive, and disciplined. Cakewalk. Perfect score. Oh. There we go. Joe, you do don't even have Joey to read Dish. it. I just I love where it says Joe List. See Chris Hardwick with glasses. <laughs> <laughs> but I talked to Bobby a, 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 a couple, a few times a week, you know, uh, and he's a fucking great guy. My point was, he has merch. He doesn't just have a podcast. He's selling merch. From so from when I joint. started my podcast, I thought uh, this is just a throwaway. Because everyone has a podcast. Now I have two friends in prisons or mental institutions that have podcasts and are probably pushing more merch than me. So so the guy who killed his mom, he has a podcast as well? I don't think he has a lot of listeners. Well, he, he does now. He just he called? just put out two. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, the Ward. Oh, wow. Uh, but he does open mics at uh, in the mental institution. What? Yeah. It, it, mental institution has open mics? He, he started it. Isn't comedy bad for your mental health? Like, if, you, if His you... comedy is bad for everyone else's <laughs> mental health. I'll be... And I'm very honest with him. Like, I, he, like he, he, he sends me clips of him, and I go, I didn't even know when I would, uh, like, give you a, a, a polite laugh, because I didn't know where the joke was. <sighs> That's not good. And he's but try, he's and fucking... He's getting out. But he's a great fuck. Like he's he's aware of his psychosis. Like he thought Lorne Michaels was secretly telling him he was going to be on Saturday Night Live. Maybe so he what was. he does, he murders his mother. Stay with me. Then he drives uh, from the southeast up to New York City. He gets on the set of Saturday Night Live, texts pictures to his sisters. Saying, see, I'm on the set. Then finally security sees the error in their ways. They escort him off. Huge fan of Legion of Skanks. <laughs> so he goes down. He hangs out at the Cave and Creek. The podcast, like Big J, right. they know who this guy is. They know his deal? Actually, I just did Legion of Skanks, and I fucking, I, dr- I dialed Twyman. I could call uh, Twyman right now. <laughs> oh, boy. But I won't. Yeah, let's not. Jesus uh, Christ, that's hilarious. And then they finally caught him, and he went to Rikers Island, and then he got found not guilty. Anyway, he's a big comedy fan. Well, there you go. Said to say hi. Tell him I said hi back. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a real bummer when you like someone, and then you, you hear their comedy, <clears throat> and you're like, I can't. Yeah. I can't be friends with you. Well, th- you know? this is, yeah, this, this is... Uh, yeah, well, he's a different case. Yeah, it's... Yeah. it's <clears throat> but you know, like, when you're, when you like... At the store, there was always... Um, an interesting hodgepodge of beginners and veterans, people that had been you know doing the road forever, and then there'd be people that you know you hung out with. You're like, oh, he seems like a funny guy, and then you see his set, and you're like, oh shit, I can't hang out with you. I just can't because you're not gonna make it. It's uh, like you've never dated a comedian. No, I did when I was 21. 
where when I was 21. I, I, I was in a relationship for a, like a year and a half. It can get rough. And he, yeah, and they're working out bits and you can't like I can tell Twyman. It, I don't get why you would even think that's a joke. Right. And he can handle Cause it. Because who's he going to kill? Me? <laughs> <laughs> if he kills another person, he's really going away this yeah. time yeah. for real. Yeah, those none of these meds are gonna work. Yeah, the um the dating comedian thing it works sometimes, like uh like Tom Segura and Christina Pazitsky works great. You yeah. know, Bonnie McFarlane, it's Rich funnier Voss, than Voss. It's great. So uh, it's a, the power yeah. dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're both funny. They're both yeah. very funny. Yeah, I, 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 and I as is Voss. Christina and Segura, they're both very funny. Yeah. The problem is when one is not. Yeah, and then it's usually like uh. Ugly male comic who's funny and a hotter female comic who's not funny who needs someone to do punch up. Yeah, writes their <laughs> jokes for them. It's always the case. This. They're always like like half-ass writers, and they, they get hooked up with some really you know really funny comic who troll is fucking way above his head. Old troll guy like me or <laughs> yes. Bill Maher, and he's fucking way above his head, and so he helps punch up her act. <clears throat> I've had a lot of friends that have had those kind of. Weirdo, we're le- Natasha Legere, Moshe Kasher. That's another good relationship between two funny people. Right. But there's been a lot of those relationships where the the one of them is not good. You know, it's, I. Uh, how many times have you fallen into the trap of the comedian that you see them do five minutes in the belly room or whatever? You go, that guy's got some fuck. He's really funny, but and then you realize. Oh, he stumbled into two accidentally funny jokes that mm. he doesn't even understand are funny, but you're already promoting him. I, I, I knew a girl who was like that. <clears throat> For whatever reason, she never, it never clicked. I don't want to say her name, but it never clicked. But I saw her at an open mic night one time, like 15, 16 years ago, and I was like, holy shit, she's a fucking monster. I was like, she is going to be huge. She's going to be goddamn huge. And she never put it together, but she had one open mic night set in the belly room, and I watched it, and I was like, "Jesus Christ, that that is a funny person." This is this is a trap as well. When you say, "I'm not going to say their name," so right now there's 130 <coughs> women thinking he's talking about me. Ha! Is he talking about me? No, the one the one I'm talking about, she's doing great with other stuff. So it's not like yeah. uh, you know, that's the thing with comics. It's like either they make it or they're a tragedy. You know, either they make it as a comedian or whatever it is that sought them, that, that, that made them seek out becoming a comic ruins whatever's left of their life. You know, if they can't make it in comedy and they see all these other people make it in comedy, then they're depressed and angry and bitter and they just want to burn, burn the world down. You know, they just it's but this woman's not like that. She actually became successful at other stuff. Have but, you had people turn on you because they thought you were going to help them? As much as you helped other comics, where you go, no, no, not really. I, I help people as much as I can. There's only much. There's only so much you can help, you know. And there's some people you can't help. You know, like what you're doing is so poor. It's just like such. There's nothing there. Like I don't know what you need to do to change the way you're what, interfacing what, with reality. What What about older comics that? Oh, that's bad. That's yeah. where, where they they just yeah. stopped trying. You're like, yeah. Yeah, we're going in a different direction on this tour. Imagine if you were still doing your act from like 2000. Mm-hmm. Imagine. You had some great bits in 2000. I remember your act in 2000. It was funny as fuck. Imagine if you just hung on to that and you kept doing it on the road. There's, there's a lot of guys like that. Yeah. We, we know them. 
and they're out there. They they're just fucking. It's like, I don't I mean if you're in a band, it's a different story, you know. Like I think band members don't mind doing old songs. Like they'll like the Stones will go out there and they'll do an old album, and I don't think it's a problem. But a comic, it's just like it's there's something. It's death. There's something about like rehashing an old perspective and, and trotting it out there like you give a fuck. It's like, oh, uh, I find myself in that position where I still do give a fuck about issues because you and I both talk about shit that's horrible in society. Yeah. Generally. And uh, when that doesn't change and you're still angry about right. it, but you already did like three different bits from three different mm -hmm. angles and. I, I yeah. can't eat this pie with a different fork again. <laughs> the fuck do yeah. I do? Right. And then sometimes and everything find a new is fucking. I don't understand. <laughs> How much are you talk on about social TikTok? media? Oh, I haven't fucked. The point is, I don't know about a lot of shit, but I'm aware of what I don't know. So I yeah. try not to launch an opinion. Yeah, the the old perspectives that are still valid are weird too, because it's like nothing's changed. It's like some some old perspectives that you had, they they are still good. Like they are still valid. I guess I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about comics that just like, <clears throat> you know, it becomes like they they become like a carpenter. Not that there's anything wrong with being a carpenter, but they got tools and they just you know they just like oh this one needs a fucking T square and I'm gonna use a a hammer on that and the, they're not comics anymore. They're just like uh, tradesmen. Yeah, they're playing fucking Tetris. All yeah. right, this. Point of view fits into this. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's a yeah good with a very dated reference because that's the last video game that was on a phone that I saw. Oh, they still have Tetris, <laughs> and I still use the reference. So yeah, at some point you're gonna <laughs> suck unless I don't know what's worse is like being the guy who has dated references because he doesn't know like oh now video games are in 3D or 4D or <laughs> HD immersive fucking experience. Or being the old guy that like still watches whatever kids watch and right. uses those references. Seventy year old guy playing Twitch games online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's might, like Grand worse. Theft Auto six? <clears throat> Is it seven yet? I don't know. How many Grand Theft Autos are there, Jamie? They're still on five. Five? Yeah. Oh. Ten years. I'm close to it. Ten years? It's been a while. They're still promoting it though. You mean yeah. Grand Theft Auto V came out 10 years it ago? It came out right around no the time shit. I got a job. For, so that's them. even yeah. a dated so about reference. Eight, eight, nine years, yeah. I'm using a 10-year-old reference as a new reference of something I don't understand. Like, it's so it popular, just, so no, it's, I mean, you're not really that wrong, to be honest with you. Well, it's... Uh, are they making a new one? They are very quiet about that, so like no one knows. They're very quiet about a lot of things. Like If you were a comic that like maybe eight years ago was hired to be a comic that's in the game and you put on the whole fucking CGI suit and you did your act in front of a fake audience mm -hmm. that's, uh, so they can put it in the game, but you had to sign all sorts of non-disclosure agreements, like it's the biggest secret that you're going to be on the game and then you're never on the game, you still to this day could not fucking talk about it. That's really? my point. Annie Letterman's one of the bigger voices in that game. Is she really? Yeah. I like fucking love her. Yeah. I love her. I like, another the comedy store documentary. Yeah, she was great in it. 
The, She's great. One of the good things about yeah. COVID, and I could go on about all the great things about COVID, and I'm sorry if half a million people are collateral damage to the joy that I've gotten out of COVID, is I get to learn about a lot of new comics that I don't watch comedy because I'm always afraid, oh, I'm going to, you know. Yeah. She's one of my favorites. And that was that uh, comedy store documentary that made me, oh, fuck, I love this chick. Yeah. Turns out she was a... She went to the Death Valley party. They they had a, like a, a resurgence of it. A small core group went out to Death Valley in October, and she showed up. And I was I pussied out like I don't want to drive fucking thirteen hours to fucking Death Valley. But well, uh, you yeah. get to meet her anyway. <clears throat> she's um, I'm trying to get her to move out here. She probably will. She's fucking brilliant, man. She's Bargazzi? the real deal. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Nate uh, Bargatze is fucking uh, hilarious. I'm trying to think. Of, uh, Nate Craig was one. Uh, Sam Morrill. Sam Morrill is very funny. Very funny. Yeah, like I, yeah. I actually sat yeah. down and watched a bunch of people. There's a great crew coming up, you know? There's... Um, do you uh, pay attention to Andrew Schultz? You listen to his stuff? Yeah, no. Uh, Schultz, I, like, there's a few that I... I I'm terrible, and so are you. Uh, at following up a lot of times, like, uh, like, hey, Joe, on Sunday, what time on Wednesday and where do I go? And I didn't text you back. To, no, no. <laughs> and it, it, like it affected all my travel plans. And uh, I'm sorry. And then I then I asked the fucking worst person ever. Hey, uh, who'd you ask? Red Band? No, no, no. Red Band's <laughs> the one who fucking got he was the hero. No, Brett Erickson and fucking Kerry Mitchell. I'm like, oh, can you at least oh, tell me, like, do you know, there? like, what part of Austin so I could book a hotel <laughs> near it? And they gave me, they didn't say, oh. I don't know. They gave me the wrong information. They gave me the information of the fucking new you oh, know, yeah. place. And they, he lives like 10 minutes north of there. I like, well, where does he do the podcast there? <laughs> like, I want to be like Uber distance, but if you live out in fucking butt fuck rich part of town, they might not have Ubers. Ron White fucked us like that once. Where, did he? Well, yeah, he's like, yeah, after the show in Atlanta, he showed up and did a guest spot. But you have to come to my house to party afterwards. It's it's just right down the road. It's like fucking almost an hour away. We're going to be on the tour bus, so we'll take all of you on the tour bus, and we're coming back through this ah. way. Anyway, tomorrow we'll drop you back off, and we party through the night. Like, one of the hardest fucking hangovers I've ever lived through with a show the next night. Ron White's sober now. Oh, well, you tell me that, but hey. <laughs> so the next morning, as we're still, like, vaguely awake, he's like, you guys got to get an Uber. <laughs> like, I thought the tour bus is taking us back change of plans oh god like, and then it's a gated community on a golf course and a fucking uber takes two and a half hours so we're drinking again to fucking tamp down the hangover and then it was it was one of the worst shows i've ever had that night where i said if i gave refunds this would be the show but i don't <laughs> uh yeah i heard he did he do some like ayahuasca fucking yeah thing. he went um he's more than 60 days sober now Sharp as attack. I did uh, the Chappelle shows with him last week. I did Sunday and Tuesday with him last week. And I did uh, Vulcan Gas Company in town, too. I did that with him, too. He's fucking sharp as fuck. And just completely sober. He went to the doctor. Big mistake, right? You don't go to the doctor. Nope. <laughs> nope. Went to the doctor. The doctor gave him the old once-over and go, we got to fucking hit the brakes on this train. 
Like this runaway train is heading right did, for a Did cliff. he tell you why he went to the doctor? Nope. I didn't ask. I feel like he, Ron White tells you everything he wants to tell you. Oh, I do. I Because that's my doctor. Is Who did I just talk to? Uh, I, I can Fuck it. I'll, uh, Jordan Zevon, Warren's son. Oh. Uh, who I've known peripherally through like MySpace and social media. Like we've DM'd here and there. He sent me like Warren Zevon's like original practice amp. Uh, fucking cool guy. And I said, hey, I want you on the podcast. This was just a couple weeks ago. And he's like, I, I'm probably not that interesting. I'm not Jordan Springsteen. <laughs> and, uh, but here's my number anyway, because I don't drink anymore. And I called him up and I go, I'll tell you if you're interesting or not. And he told me the most interesting story. He got diagnosed with cirrhosis and then I unwrapped. <sighs> like, well, what made you go to the doctor to begin with? What symptoms should I be looking for that you had? This like Hedberg's old joke. My girlfriend wanted me to get an A's test. So I called my friend. I said, hey, Brian, do you know anyone with A's? And he said, no. And I said, well, you know me. Yeah. What should I look for? I have none of those symptoms. I think I'm good. um, You're a a moderate, regular drinker. That's what I would say. Well, it's also 1.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, but I mean, you you drink a lot of light beer. No, that's... that's, that's, Sober? That's like 13 years ago. I moved to cocktails because i don't know anything i need you as a fucking uh, personal trainer of life uh at 2008 i quit smoking for a year and i got really fat and uh so what i did is i switched from miller light to vodka cranberry straight thinking oh cranberry is a juice which is good for you <laughs> no it's got like eight times the fucking sugar you ever had like a, a an actual cranberry? They're disgusting. Oh yeah, they're cranberry great. juice cocktail is just sugar. Yeah, well, yeah. Now I I do uh, vodka soda with just a splash of juice. That's a good. That's yeah, a good but at way first go. I go, oh, juice is better for me. I'm not considering sugar makes you fat. Yeah, that shit's real fatty. Um, but the cigarettes. What is it? What happens when you get that's off the cigarettes? That's my problem. It, it jacks up your cigarettes. Jack up your metabolism, right? It does something, and when you get off of it, slows well, it you down. it kills your appetite. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. But it also, doesn't the nicotine, like, rev you up? Like, yeah. It burns calories, too? Yeah. And I, 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 if I'm on a, a bender, and, the, you know, the hangover will kick in when I light my first cigarette the next day, and then I'll get, like, booze shakes. Oh. Uh, it's after the first cigarette. Hmm. Uh, That's interesting. The well, cigarette I guess that means it, it does jack you up. Yeah. Like you're holding, I, I like uh, I'm I, holding a drink with two hands, like leaving Las Vegas, where he can't sign oh, the fucking banknote. I remember that movie. Um, I like smoking cigarettes before shows. I did it once Wait, with Hinchcliffe. Cigarettes? Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. remember when you barely drank. I remember one podcast we did a million years ago where you had like three beers and you were saying you were drunk. Really? Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, but I mean that was like 2009. When I started podcast, I have no idea of I was, time. I was for sure drinking, like actual drinking then. 
Well, yeah. you're older. You don't have a, the memory that I do. Yeah. I'm over the by like, what, two months? <laughs> no, I, no. Tomorrow's my birthday. And How old you are you turn, tomorrow? You're February, right? No, I'm August. How old are you tomorrow? Oh, wait. you're. F I'm older than you. Yeah, I think so. All right. I thought you were a month older than me. No. All right. Well, you're you a 54 kid. You tomorrow? have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm 54 tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be 54 in August. <laughs> Isn't that weird? When I was a kid, I thought 54 people, that, that was a dead person. You aren't doing shit. You're just yeah. laying around waiting to rot out from the inside. I know, and I, I still feel like that, and everyone's aging beautifully, and uh, I'm not going to keep up. Ron White was fucking luxurious head of hair, and uh, now that he's 60 days sober, sharp as a tack, I think he's going to pull through this swimmingly. I don't remember him not being sharp as a tack. Well, he was always great, even when he was drunk. I mean, he was always a great comic, for sure, even when he was drinking, like, every day. But... uh I, you know, I, like I said, I didn't ask for specifics what it is that was getting him, but something was getting him. Something it's something bad enough where he got so scared that not only did he get off the booze, but then he went to Costa Rica and did uh, multiple ayahuasca ceremonies. Yeah. Oh, and he wants to talk about it, but I don't want to talk to him about it until he talks about it on the podcast. I yeah. go, let's just let's just tell me on the air because like exactly. the first time you tell me it'll be the best. That's uh, do you because uh, I'm always in that mindset. Yeah, of, like Jordan Zevon, that conversation we talked for almost an hour, and I go, I just wasted a fucking podcast. <laughs> I'm monetizing in my head. Even without money, I'm monetizing, <clears throat> capitalizing on a personal conversation where I like. Fuck, that would have been a great You could podcast. look at it that way, but you could also look at it like you want to share this in its purest and best form with all the people that enjoy your podcast. That's the why best way when to do I it. saw you, I go, just tell me the stuff that we're not going to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> Don't fucking waste a breath. Well, that stuff will be soon. We get, uh, the stuff that I told you not to talk about, it's just uh, a matter of we have to get up and running. Yeah, Once we're up and running. I, yeah, I, want, I, I, I don't want to waste a breath that's worth shit what is this tx whiskey that came from a fan oh, and Jesus. uh it's probably tainted now i just opened it before because i had the booze shakes before you showed up and i go i should open this now because i don't want to be quivering it smells good i did a podcast yesterday with marcus Luttrell. that is not a sponsor uh tx i brought that bottle on purpose <clears throat> for texas if i get a fucking if i had a whiskey sponsor on my podcast, I would I would be making bank. We have a whiskey sponsor. We have a Buffalo Trace. They're the shit. You ever have that? Yes, Fucking I have. Phenomenal. And uh, I could, if there is anything I could sell on my podcast, it'd be booze. It's liquor. Yeah. When I was a Miller Lite drinker on stage, like I, I think my first five specials of whatever, like CDs or DVDs, when they made the transition. You can hear me saying, can I get another Miller Lite up here? And I wasn't pushing the product. It's just what I drank. But on the road, they would sell out of Miller Lite. In, if I was doing a week by fucking first show Friday, they're sold out of the brand I'm drinking. I'm like, it tastes exactly like fucking Coors Light or Bud Light. I can tell the difference. A whiskey, I could fucking sell. So, yes, I am actively fucking searching out a whiskey sponsor. Maybe you should go to the doctor first, get checked out. Make sure everything's okay. I feel great. Okay, fine. <laughs> Do I look bad? <laughs> no, you look great. <laughs> like I said, Ron White's 10 years older than you. And he's been going hard forever. He's been going hard for 50 years. Uh, is he, uh, he was a cigar smoker? Yeah. yeah. Still smokes cigars. He still smokes weed. Mm. 
But uh, he's uh, I've he's been doing the edibles. Have you really? Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I saw that on your Instagram or your uh, Twitter, rather. Yeah. I was like, look at this. Mm. Yeah. You know, paranoid. No, 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 not uh, not really. But I, I I've been doing them mostly during a fucking year of COVID. So I, that wouldn't I, make you paranoid, though. Just be. Don't you just like just think of mortality and life and death and. People used to know ten milligrams. Well, sometimes oh, little baby, little baby yeah. doses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I get paranoid anyway. I get fucking paranoid on the road, driving through West Texas. I know. How far have you been from Austin? I've in been a car. Um, not recently, but I've been. I've driven, you know, down to Houston, Dallas. Well, yeah. West Texas, just like yeah, West Texas, you might as well be in a vampire especially movie. Especially when I'm in that headspace yeah. after. Okay, I just did 450 miles, stopping to piss once with my gator up. The gator's <laughs> fucking great because it hides my fucking old man neck flesh. So well, there was a great lot of guys that were rocking the neck bandana anyway. Yeah, for a long time, and now you know they just keep it going that like by the way that neck bandana doesn't do jack shit i know I talked to my doctor about it he was like you might as well not have a fucking mask on with that thing well no i uh, open at it, the bottom it, if i'm in a place i put a fucking n95 and then i put this over it do you take an any vitamins or anything yeah, yeah, to try yeah, to protect I, I yourself four b12s before i came here i oh. get chewable zincs with c Oh. At home, I load up on C. I wake up. Oh. I take. I, I drink a smoothie that has carrot juice. What? Uh, beets. I, I, if it's a red one, I'll do beets and strawberries, uh, spinach. I'm fucking do kale, broccoli, uh, and I have the green mix, uh, flaxseed, and peanut butter for protein. Uh, if it's green, I do cucumber and celery for flavor. Green apple. Pineapple. Are you feeling better from doing this? Well, you. I, no, I feel like shit all the time. <laughs> that doesn't help at all? I'm sure it does, but I don't notice. I'm really bad with cause and effect. Like, like I get nervous. When I started this, I'm like, I'm nervous and I love it. But I, I'm not mentally aware that I'm nervous. I know physically that I'm nervous. When I booked the UK, I f- I'm so terrified of the UK for some reason, even though they're really? very welcoming to me. I'm terrified of their audiences because uh, generally I think they're s- smarter and funnier than most American comedians. Mm. Just the average guy in the crowd that I like, I, I know when I can't brush my tongue because I gag that I'm nervous, where I, I, I wasn't really <laughs> aware that I was nervous until. I think they have very high standards for for your yeah. work in the UK. They don't tolerate sloppiness so much. They 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 want you to be prepared. But I don't yeah. know what they expect, and I because you don't know the culture as well. Right. Yeah. I can't I can't profile like you can in the states where you can look at a person and know by what they're wearing or how they carry themselves. Over there, right. everyone's just a mutated head like me with fucking. <laughs> like I don't know. You, you, they they're generally, uh, <clears throat> generally very accepting towards American comics, though. Like when American comics have gone over there, they've done really well. Like Bird did his last special there. Um, you know, obviously Hicks became huge over there. A lot mm-hmm. of guys go over there and do really well. Yeah, I, 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 love, again, I don't know why, there. but I, I I just don't know. They're very polite there too, right? During the day, ah. and then a few pints later, 
<laughs> then they're all their aggro that they've swallowed because of their culture. Oh, it's impolite to say this. And that's why they're fucking smashing each other in the head with pint glasses at the end of the night at last call or whatever they call last call. They got a lot of stabbings over there. It's a weird thing because, you know, it's hard to get a gun. Yeah. I have an old bit I used to do. Like, we have all the shootings, uh, but less of the fist fights because. Mm hmm. Uh, well, True. That we, so, we, have no, we have no health care. They, they can afford to beat the fuck out of each other <laughs> because they don't have to pay for the stitches. I've, how, it's an old book. Yeah, bit, they don't have so a copay. Tell me about this book. You were telling me about oh, this Sam book. Oh, Sam Talent. Yeah. Yes. Running the light, that's for you. Because I think, thank you. I think someone else told me about this and I wasn't paying attention. And it's the best depiction of road comedy. There's never been any movie in the United States that that shows stand-up comedy for what it is. Uh, What was Adam Sandler? Back to Adam Sandler. The one he did where like, he's the old bitter comic that thinks he has cancer, but he's wrong. Set, yeah, funny people. I never saw that. That that was, a, but it wasn't apl- applicable to road comedy. Where right. this is someone who's still doing one nighters in fucking Amarillo, Texas. Oh. He's an old guy, and he's our 53. age. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, there was we were talking before the podcast about Bill Maher's book. A lot of people don't know it. It's one of the things that I, before I talked to Bill Maher, I, I wanted to tell him. That's like, it's a great. Did you tell book. his fucking writers to. St- Stop stealing my fucking bits. Are they sorry? Yeah, bits? we. I, I, really? That Patreon was supposed to go out fucking three weeks ago, but Chaley was on vacation. Yeah, so again. It's, what bit? Well, this time, it, it, it's subtle hints at it. Uh, uh, it was about. Uh, well, my bit was about the 10K fun run for your own ego, I think was the track title. But we have to, his was, we have to stop raising awareness for raising awareness. And then the, the, there's things that are absolutely specific to my bit from four years ago when uh. it was relevant. He goes into, like, uh, and football, Do you, can you stop with the pink shoes? Like, uh, I'm trying to watch the game here. Like, specific lines in my cadence uh. where, like, I, I know you fucking... I don't think Bill Maher stole shit because I don't think he's that committed to his own show. I think he walks into his writer's room and says, what's my opinion this week? You, go. You, go. I think his... But he's fucking ripped me off since 2007 as a goof, you know, PR stunt, basically, when Bristol Palin was announced that she was, you know, pregnant at, like, 17 when Sarah Palin was a right. vice presidential candidate, we put up a website, uh, savingbristol.com, where I was offering her like 25 grand to have an abortion so she doesn't ruin her life and get stuck in that cult. The next day or in, within that week, he put up a fucking uh, Levi, the, uh, the father of the baby, a website saying we're going to raise money to fucking, like, mirror... Like, like, this, this is fucking specific, and this last one was, he's talking about NFL players wearing pink shoes, the bit I did, like, five years ago, where the NFL hasn't done pink shoes for years, and it's not even football season, and you're using the exact same fucking... Wow. 
It's probably his writers. You're probably uh, right. Fucking yeah. abortion is green. It's one of my favorite bits I did a long time ago. Yeah, he did that. Uh, you know, uh, that bit? I remember that bit yeah. very well. Yeah. <sighs> and I, I, That's the problem with writers. I, I mean, we've always had a problem with that at the store. Like, guys would uh, come in, writers would sit in the back of the room, and then you'd hear certain comics' bits on someone's monologue. We had that problem with the man show. Yeah. Not, it's a reverse problem, is that we know we're going to take the bad beat for doing shitty bits. <laughs> the sketch is like this. Do you remember the time we had to do some fucking awful bit that uh, where we were yeah, talking? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Without but we forgot that we were people. We, we yeah. forgot we were mic'd up and we were talking about <laughs> Like this fucking bit we're about to fucking we forgot that the head writer was listening to the entire thing. The problem I is still feel bad about that. I don't that. feel bad about that. You, 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 we were forced into that situation. That was a trick. You know, I, I tell people what happened with that show. You and I got pulled but aside. But that specific incident, yeah. incident where, uh, like, if we had talked to Tom to his face and said this thing sucks, but he had to hear it from me smoking backstage by a fucking dumpster and you talking to me. We're like, who fucking wrote this? Jesus gun. Good God. I can't believe I... I would never do a show like that ever again. I don't think you can ever do a show where you bring in producers that aren't comics, that don't understand your sensibility, and then you have network executives that have their opinions and they're not funny and they all want to get their greasy little hands on on the recipe... And it becomes a well, disaster. Like I'm, I, we're, uh, you know, Olivia Grace. Yes, fucking very funny. Best. I met her when she was like sixteen. Yeah, she, she has came a fucking to the tattoo of a quote of my bit on her belly from when she was like sixteen. Whoa! And I go, I'll pay for you to get that covered up. Yeah, get that lasered off, kid. Uh, but we're pitching a show, a series now, and for, on what network? Well, we're, for what? Well, the, the premise is. I don't know if you saw my Louie episode where I was, the character was named Eddie that was going to kill himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, it ends with me driving off to my last gig to kill myself. But what if Eddie didn't kill himself? And here, 15 years later, it's kind of a Harold and Maude thing. And, and we it's through a British production company where you go, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a huge difference. But we're we're pitching it homegrown network uh the, the the point is that i don't need it now when we did the man show i needed that and you didn't because you were doing fear factor like if you weren't doing fear factor you had the the presence to go fuck this i'm not doing this no we're doing it this way and i was the guy that was in the office every day going uh whatever you say <laughs> uh, i think that's funnier well, but I only it did way. it because I was going to do it with you. Like, I, I was very specific with them. Like, they, they, they pitched a bunch of other people, and I said, no. Yeah. I said, I'm doing it with Stan or I'm not going to do it. I'm like, I need a real comic. I'm like, I need a crazy yeah, person. Yeah, but I did not have... You the, didn't have the, the ability to say, fuck you. Yeah. 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 Uh, but now now I do. So now yeah. it's kind of fun to pitch a series. Right. I don't need it. Like, yeah. I, I think it would be funny. I, I love the premise, and it would be dark, like that episode I did. Well, of- she's great. I'm down for anything that she does. But I just feel like, at this day and age, like, anytime you bring other people into the mix, it's a mess. 
just you got to be autonomous. But I, but I'm saying now I have that presence of mind where I wouldn't do something Terrible. stupid yeah. because a suit went. How about instead right. of yours like a suicidal drunk guy, you're a crazy guy who wears funny hats. Like I would not capitulate. Right. Like if we were in the same situation that we were in way back then with the Man Show today, we would be like, no, we're not doing this sketch. Like there was there was a bunch of sketches that were like they shouldn't have been on the show. They just were not good. And these guys, they had this idea of what it is. <laughs> My favorite fucking scene was the the Joey Diaz bursting out naked to introduce us. Yes. And they, 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 I remember the Zoe fight. Friedman she, cried. She, cried. She, she, she it, it aged her like a president. <laughs> where she became a frumpy old woman looking well, at Joey Diaz bursting through that going... Do you think this is what Man Show is about? Well, we no, went, no, no, no. Yes. That was before he did it. Before he did it, okay. she, she thought that. And then once he did it, that became the number one thing on the show. That was all the promos. That was the thing. Like, they when they show the well, ads. We only did it once from my... Yes. But when we did it, that became a part of the promos. When Joey burst out naked and started dancing, that became a big part of the promo. But before then, I said, I made a compromise. I go, we'll do it your way first. And then we'll do it our way. And then we do, we, got, we don't have to show this. You've seen this people can find it online. But uh, Joey's the best. I'm so bummed out he's in New Jersey. I'm trying to trick him into coming out here. Once I open my club out here, I'm going to slowly trick him into coming out here. I just have to figure out what's the proper strategy. You, uh, I'll come out here more because you're on the perfect side of the country. Like everything east of the 35 corridor that goes all the way from the fucking bottom of Texas up through Kansas City and Minneapolis. I could drive everything west of there the long route and listen to fucking audible books and be mm -hmm. in bliss and in like my most hyper creative place. You still got that white suburban? Well, we call it the van because you don't. <laughs> We still tour in that fucking thing, and you don't want someone to know. You oh. just had a fucking creeper hey, come up easy. to the door here. Like, yeah, you don't want someone to know what That's you're driving. Train killers out there. You know, I still I do gigs in shitholes where they don't have a green room, so I oh. sit in the van and smoke cigarettes till fucking Chaley comes out and taps on the window. Goes, come on in through the kitchen. We'll get you on stage. <laughs> and we call it mobile green room. So we always call it the van on the podcast. So people don't look for a white suburban. Well, you shouldn't say it again. We'll bleep that out. <laughs> no, bleep no, that no, out, Jamie. Don't bleep it out. Bleep it out, Jamie. No, don't bleep it you out. You can put a rap on it. Camouflage it. People still say, oh, hey, you gave out, uh, I, my address is public. Yeah. Well, Which I was, remember. You had those people coming over to your house for the Super Bowl party. See, but I was saying like, it's an open invitation to like the town. And you said, is it, so it's like anyone who shows up can go? I go, yeah, but I was talking about the town. So people yeah, but you weren't. No, no, me. no, no, no. Yeah. You weren't. You were on the podcast actively giving out your address, calling Which... the world to come to Bisbee, Arizona, to come to your party. Don't bullshit me. Okay. Okay. You were 100% saying you were putting it out there. Okay, well, I, I might have been led into it because of the power dynamic. <laughs> oh, my God. You. The uh, power so, dynamic. So, so it was never, like, uh, we, people still will randomly show up and, you know, they're taking pictures. It's just a fucking house. It's not a compound or yeah. anything. Uh, it's just, it's got a lot of loud colors. But uh, 
So we, we had a couple problems with people who think that I'm talking to them. Oh, what's those the guys. frequency, Kenneth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you get any of the chip in the head guys? Any yeah, of those guys? Well, I, I, I don't teach them guys. enough, but I, I, like, still, uh, they think that the podcast is secretly talking to you. Like Twyman, who murdered his mother, thought that Lorne Michaels was telling him to come on Saturday Night Live. Had a couple of those where fucking Chad Shank is great. I don't do Facebook, but when he sees problems coming like that, he fucking gives me a head up. So two times... Once I had to, have you had to do a restraining order yet? Not yet. I had my first, and I felt like, oh, I'm someone, I'm someone again, my first restraining order. The second one, like, I warned the cops ahead of time, and the guy, I'm watching on security camera as, as the guy's updating his Facebook, and Chad Shank is updating, yep, he's, he's in town. Yeah, <laughs> he's hitchhiking. Okay, Jesus <laughs> and, Christ. Uh, and then I I alerted the cops who fucking Bisbee cops have been so fucking cool with me. Are you friends with the cops in your town? Uh, well, uh, now a lot of them are judges. <laughs> they, they, they they became moved. judges. Well, one of them, uh, and, and then, but yeah, they, they've they've all been cool with me. Yeah, a couple friends that are now judges. Are you there for life? Is that your spot now? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Let me get to Comedian Grove in a minute. Comedian Grove. Yeah. We. When I left on this trip, right before I left on Sunday, my buddy Raider found a spot where you go. Oh, we could make comedian grove like bohemian grove for comics and uh, it was the first time that i really thought oh i could leave bisbee and move there comedian grove meaning like you have a place that comics can all move to yeah uh, where we could set up it's got like uh uh, 17 casitas uh 29,000 square like little Little houses? Cabins, but you know, southwest. That's one of those things that I've read, but I've never looked up. Like a casita. Yeah, like, so uh, you kinda... say cabin. Like, yeah. With a main house that's 4,000 square feet, like a ballroom, which would be the showroom, 2,000 square feet, 42 miles from a, you know, a secondary airport where you go, oh, yeah, we could. Do, do you remember the cave house outside of Bisbee? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I talked about buying it. Remember, I talked. I yeah, told and you. then we said if we it was a million dollars, and I go eh, if we get ten comics to pitch in a hundred hundred grand, we could have this like a fucking comedians. Yeah, like you always had that idea of the uh, league of extraordinary comedians. Yes, like a, <laughs> like a skull and bones. This would be a place we could have a performance space, seventeen different places <clears throat> where people could come in. Like a private club, free speech zone. I don't know what the fuck they. Yeah. With a showroom, a vacation destination. And I spent half of this drive turning off my fucking Audible book. Thinking about it. Fucking fantasize. I'm like. Listen, let's pause you right here. Let's join forces. Let's join forces, Doug Stanhope. Austin, Texas is calling you. That's what I'm doing here. That's my plan. My my plan is to. I mean, I've already got Tim Dillon moved here. Fahim Fucking Dillon w- moved here. Dillon moved here. Tom Segura he moved here. He's on the road. He's doing gigs. It's the best place to do gigs because you're in the middle of the country. You could fly. 
it's the middle up, middle down. I mean, it's not the middle down, but it's it's the middle left, middle right, the middle up. It's like to get to everything. It's but in this, the center. That, but that's this is making a new L.A. and it's uh-uh. no, it's making no, is, no Hollywood L.A. This it's, is Bohemian Grove for comedy. This is like a, a invite only where no. Where you? No, it's not. I just spent fucking three days fantasizing about this. Don't try I understand, to understand, but I'm don't fantasy you. cock block. I'm me. not fantasy cock block. I moved here to do this. I know. It's one of the reasons why I moved here. My plan was move here, get settled, live in a place where there's less people, and also separate stand up comedy from the entertainment industry outside of comedy because we're always been like entertainment industry adjacent, right? Movies and TV shows they they corrupt comics. In a way, you know, in the, the opposite way you would think, you know, you think of like people getting corrupted. It's usually for the worse, but they get corrupted into they get watered down. They become politically correct and woke and a part of the system. We've seen it with talk show hosts and even comics that are good that start working in Hollywood. They start quoting things like uh, fucking Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, he made a Facebook message to Mark Zuckerberg asking him why a post from there's a legendary uh, portrait artist from Australia. It's is it Lushux? How do you say it? A U S H U X. I've never said his name out loud. He's brilliant. There's, he's a brilliant portrait artist who does parody. And Sasha Baron Cohen was saying to Mark Zuckerberg, why do you still have this up? It's a parody of Bill Gates with a needle, like a vaccine needle saying, when are you, are you, are you ready for your upgrade or something along those lines? It's just funny. Yeah. He did one of Elon Musk after Elon Musk was on, Musk was on my shows, smoking a joint. He did that. He's yeah. done like, he's does, he does these massive murals of, and he's a brilliant artist. Sasha Baron Cohen. Ali G, the fucking man. Yeah. I love him. I love his work. He's calling for parody to be taken down off of Facebook. They get corrupted. They get in. They get in with this crowd of weird people who want to comply. They all want everybody to be on the same page. And we're, we're working for social justice and inclusiveness. And it's like, Jesus, man. Like, your, your work is parody. This is parody. How did you get caught in this trap where you think that parody should be taken down? This is so crazy. Pull it, pull it up so we can see what it is. Because it's, it's anybody that would think that this was real and this isn't kind of funny. Look at this. Time so, to install so you're saying your update. Zuckerberg is taking this down. Like, no, who's no, fucking no, corrupted no, no, no. You're not listening. I well, no. I've you said Sasha a lot of Baron words. Sasha Baron Cohen says Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, how do you shit. sleep at night? Sasha Baron Cohen. Yes. Oh, I thought you were saying. Like, no, look at this. Uh, yeah. This is on Facebook, Instagram, Facebook's Instagram right now. Your algorithm is still recommending lies about COVID and vaccines. How many people have to die before you act? Stop death for profit. He's being serious. And uh. this is this is a this guy. Pull up some of. Do you Lushuk's have any idea stuff. why that bolsters my opinion of a fucking place out in the middle of the fucking desert? Is here's another one. <laughs> Sorry, but he made he this did afterwards. So. He did. Uh, that's I guess his version of Ali G. But pull up <laughs> the one of uh, Elon Musk. He did a brilliant Elon Musk. He's really good. But the point is, he does brilliant stuff. It's cool to see. 
But Sasha Baron Cohen, you go out to Ali G and and Bruno and all his different. It's all parody. But he got caught up in thinking somehow or another that this parody piece, which is making fun of like QAnon people who think they're getting a fucking microchip installed with the with the vaccine, he's making fun of them. And Sasha Baron Cohen gets caught up in it. They've bifurcated comedians. He's going going all out. (laughs) How he's making fun of Ali G. Look, he's genius, man. His stuff is really good. What is his? Is that his Instagram? Yeah, What's his that, Instagram? Lush sucks. I think is what it is. Let's uh, let's make way. make sure we know what it is so we can tell everybody. I, oh, I, he I, keeps going after him. It's like there's absolutely that uh, no one in the comedic field that I think has more balls than fucking Sasha Baron. No Cohen. one. No one. Nobody. He just got caught up in the thing. He got caught up in the thing where you know he's probably not. He's probably so successful now, and he's probably hanging out with other successful people and all the Hollywood people, and he's just, he's out of the loop. He, he should know who that guy is. Like, everybody should know who that guy is. That guy's really good. I mean, he does these massive fucking murals, too. He's Australian, correct? I think so. Yeah, he does these massive, he's a really fucking talented artist. So for him to be making fun of this QAnon meme of like installing a microchip in a yeah. vaccine and for Sasha Baron Cohen, stop death for profit, man, no, no. I get you didn't get it, but no, man, no. Uh, I mean, Ali G in the house, have you seen that? It's one of my all-time favorite comedy movies. It's Ali G in a movie. Like oh, a yeah, yeah. Movie. Where, it's fucking where, genius. Where he starts fu- fucking the guy thinking they're going to oh. die. It's, it was just it's one of the best was that scenes in that, ever. Was that in that movie? He I don't know. So it's much the only, only movie I remember him in other than the... Dude, yeah. he. Um, I bought a special VHS player just so I could play his old show from the UK because... There used to be that old. It's VHS. Well, back in the day, it was. See, here was the deal. You could only use like there was uh, different regions. Sorry, there's two parts of my brain working here, and one of them is I have to piss. Oh, and that's one of the reasons I said, "Hey, why isn't Tim Dillon here?" So you could focus on him while I go piss. piss. Oh, just tell me when you have to pee. Don't worry about it, man. Go go pee. Go pee. Oh wait. All right. Oh wait. It's all good. Talk to Jamie. I'm going to talk to Jamie. Yeah, have a have a discourse okay. behind my back about okay. me that I can listen to. I will. I will. I will. There we go. Nice pants. Look at them. They're PJs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I haven't seen Doug in a while, we have to get into a rhythm together, right? This is like what I feel like with him. Like I love him to death. Like I love him like a, like family member, but I don't see him enough. You know. And so we have to get in a rhythm when we start talking. But uh, I just hope Sasha Baron Cohen doesn't think I don't like him. I love that guy. I'm a giant fan. I think he's amazing. I just think he got, he just didn't understand what was happening. I, th- I just thought it was silly. But I, my point was, and I'll explain it to, I don't have to explain it to Doug. He's not going to remember. I'll explain it to you. You know the Regions thing on VHS recorders? Do you know the old VHS? There was a V, there was a region for VHS players in the UK, and it was like a different type of VHS tape. Do you remember that? Vaguely, I don't know how it worked though. I was, I'm, I know when this came out. I remember watching it, you know. But that was. I might be fucking this up now that I'm thinking about it. I'm, I might be fucking it up and confusing it with DVD players. Is it a DVD player thing? It may be. Either way, it's some sort of a recording thing that you could only uh, you could only play stuff from the United States if you bought one from the United States. So if you tried to buy 
one of the whether it's VHS or DVD, I can't remember because it's so long ago. Um, if you tried to buy no, them, that's correct. There is a so uh, the U.S. uses NTSC standards, while the U.K. uses PAL PAL standard, and it says they will not play on VHS. Okay, so it was VHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so the VHS. What was interesting is like you would have to give a non-region VHS tape or VHS player. And the VHS players uh, that were really cheap for some reason would work on everything. Like the ones that were more expensive would only work on U.S. VHS tapes. So I bought a special VHS player just to watch the Ali G stuff because I loved him. His interviews, like, by the way, Trump is one of the few guys that he didn't get. Have you ever watched his interview with Trump? Like he sits down with Trump and he's doing his like Ali G thing where wow. he does this character and he just acts like a moron. And a lot of people got like really upset with him. They, like, they didn't think it was funny at all. But you could see Trump right away was like, what? This is nonsense. I'm just getting the fuck out of here. But there were some legendary uh, interviews where people like genuinely got upset with him. Uh, one of the books I listened to on the way out, a guy lives in Austin, uh, Zha Jing or Zha Zhang. Uh, wrote a book called uh, Rejection Proof where he was uh, born in Beijing and he lives in Austin and he was trying to be an entrepreneur but he found himself afraid of rejection. So for 100 days he went out every day and did something where he had to face rejection and he would film it for a video blog back then and uh, he wrote a book about how he over... But the things he was doing is like, I asked a man for $100. Uh, and then I learned something from. The, I asked a man if I could tie his shoes. Like, hmm. I mean, it was inspirational because it's very sweet and heartfelt, and he was facing his own fears. But the pranks were so like base level. I'm like, if you had four gin and tonics, this would be a four page book. Like, fuck it, I'll just <laughs> ask. And when you look at uh, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen or even the Impractical Jokers, who I yeah, love, yeah, like it, it was nonsense things but it was still inspirational but the fucking balls on that guy that's a good move right if you're if you're having a real hard time with people rejecting you just go get rejected a lot and that's what he did that's really bold yeah and he was facing his own fears but he also had a lot of insight that you know went back to evolutionary psychology oh. and the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and i go i just listened to that in a smart fuck book about oh that's why the hairs on your fucking back of your neck stand up is because your animal instinct is to look bigger mm. you go oh wow it's like dogs yeah yeah cats cats too the cats arch their back too yeah. try to get bigger uh, yeah anyway i'm sorry i had to piss and fucking ruin the entire no you didn't ruin it at all it's um it's that it's weird because like you could say if you were a reductionist you could look at someone get rejected and go oh get over it it's nothing they didn't hurt you they just said no but it's not real we know but that's, that's not what real. he gets into yeah. is exactly uh, you know darwinian theory about there's a reason that you don't like that you are afraid of rejection because yeah. in your ancestral place yeah rejection would make you not you know be a, a, an, an available mate or a, a you, you know what i'm saying yes i know what you're saying yeah it, and it would wreck your confidence and your confidence i think it, it and probably then, has... and then chicks wouldn't fuck you and you wouldn't spread your seed right but don't you think that has something to do like the confidence thing must have something to do with either fighting off enemies or predators yeah like you, someone I, who I learned could... the pecking order yeah. is, has a there's a reason they call it the pecking order is because some naturalist realized oh chickens mm-hmm. chicken a will ch- peck at chicken b or 
Yeah. Chicken C will peck at D, but they don't do that. D doesn't fight A because they know it would disrupt. They would lose, and then they wouldn't spread seed. And... Yeah, I've seen it happen. It's it's it, uh, with chickens. Rather. Yeah. Oh, I thought open mic night. That too. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh. I I had to stop ourselves from getting into, oh, yeah, we know shit about fucking evolutionary psychology just because I read a fucking long book while I was scared of Alpine You know a touch. You know, I think that that's one of the reasons why uh, people are attracted to risk takers, too. And I think this has actually been proven or it's at least uh, not I shouldn't say proven, been theorized that like uh, guys like dudes who do those BMX jumps and shit and guys who do like crazy risk taking like things. There's there's something about that, that a, a person who's willing to risk their health and life is attractive to the opposite sex because that's a person who has courage. Even though it's a weirdly bastardized form of courage, you know, it's not the courage to go fight the enemies of the town that are coming in to try to steal your women and children, but it's it's courage nonetheless. So, like, we recognize that courage by itself is a, like a va- it's like very powerful. The, the ability to do something that's very dangerous and you can take a risk. I think that even applies to like why people are attracted to people that go on stage. Exactly. Yeah. And that so, comes up in, in yeah. Zhang's book is you know, adding humor and humor where humor fits into. Yeah. It's uh, a weird thing, right? Like people like people that can handle shit. Men and women, man. If you find a woman who can like take care of shit and like handle a situation, like when things go sideways, or not and she can be laugh fucked it off. up by the fact that you are gonna yeah. live this life and you do your own thing. Yeah, doesn't need you to go to theater with her right. to offset the time she went to fucking MMA with you. Oh. Like, how about you do your own thing? And that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, the confidence to do your own thing, and I think that's one thing where women, in particular, lose a lot of. They lose a lot of uh, respect for men when men cave. Like we all, that's the the thing where the guy like used to be into like certain sports or something like that. She's like, why do you watch that? That's for morons. And then you start not watching it. And you start, why do you hang out with those guys? They're idiots. You think they're funny? They're fucking idiots. Stop hanging out with them. Like, mm. And you see those guys, and those women don't want to fuck those guys anymore. It's, it's so crazy that that's what happens. When they beat a man down like that, separate him from his friends, don't let him play sports, don't let him get into things that, that she thinks are stupid. Like, I dated a girl... <laughs> I've talked about this on the podcast before. She was older than me. It was like one of the few girls I'd ever dated when I was uh, young. She was very hot, too, and fun. And uh, she would tell me what to do, and I would listen. I was 21, and she was 25. And uh, I got in a car accident. Some fucking guy uh, ran a light and, and slammed into my car. And um, uh, she, when my car was, we had to clean the car out because the car couldn't be driven. She took my white snake cassette. And threw it away. She made me throw it away. I had a white oh, snake. Well, you, that's because here I go again on my own was on it. And she goes, he's not going to have that anthem. And no, she was saying that it's stupid. She's like, why do you listen to this? This is so dumb. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I, I fucking just gave into it. And then one day, years later, a, a fan who had heard the story sent me a cassette to the old, sit on the old studio right by uh, Jamie's little amplifier. It's a white snake cassette, but that but that was one of those things. It's like I knew where this was going. I was like, okay, this girl's gonna keep telling me what to do. And uh, bingo, bingo, and I, our worlds don't collide often. The hair we does. Have a, you have the same color hair. Yeah. No. 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 She's <laughs> no. I had to because Chaley, Tracy, and Bingo all have dyed hair. That's you know, our right. fucking team. 
And it's so, so when I so when I did this early COVID, just as a goof, I go, oh, now I can die. Like I did the mohawk first. Yeah. I like it, dude. And uh, yeah, I think I might keep it. I, I think have... you should keep it. It, it. it felt perfect when I saw you. I was and like, it's that fucking. Looks. There's a, no better feeling than shaving your head. Oh, to me, it's so nice. It's so nice because I, I was trying to keep up with my hair loss, and I got to a point where I was like, this is never. I'm losing this fight. I need to tap out. Yeah, tap. We, we, our, our good friend from Alaska, Billy Bad. He did the same thing. He almost died from his tr- transplant. Oh, my he, God. He, he's got the infection? same Charlie Brown fuck. Yeah, infection. Uh, Imagine that. Oh, well, he died so, that. so did, uh, what's the sports guy? Joe Buck. Joe Buck almost died from a hair transplant? Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he was on Stern talking about it. Uh, but <sighs> but he's still got the Charlie Brown scar in yeah. the back, and he just fucking wears it well. But he's a badass like I, you. That's why they call him Bi- Billy This is my ben. public service announcement to just accept <laughs> your hair loss. If you yeah. look at me from the back of the head, I want you to make fun of me. <laughs> yeah. Feel bad. Feel bad. Yeah, I, the fucking big, stupid my, my, smile. My forehawk just goes back <laughs> to my bald spot. Yeah, perfect. It's um, it's a thing. I, you know, If you have a good-shaped head, it's a, a lot easier. I, I, I have a friend have who has a that. flat head. I have a friend who's the back of his head is totally flat. Well, it, mine's the opposite. I wish oh, I could trade. A, it's got extra brain back but, there. So yeah, it's alien. It's Aliens fucking. Yeah, no. they're big long ones. Like they, they do that with planks. They squeeze people's heads. But uh, like I, I, I think it might take men longer to realize it doesn't fucking matter what you look like if you have a personality. Well, it definitely matters what you look like, but. Um, it doesn't matter enough for you to be spending all your time thinking about it. And th- there's other things to think about. Like, your personality is the most important thing. Like, it's everything. If you if you don't have that, yeah, you don't have anything. But We could list all the people that should never have gotten laid in their ever. life. Yes. But they're fucking cool they're funny. or yeah. they can play music oh, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, they got some talent. The looks uh-huh. are the last thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew a guy who was in a band. And he was um, not a good-looking guy, and he was uh, had terrible genetics. Just one of those guys. <laughs> and uh, he had this smoking hot girlfriend, and she just ran the show. She just ran the show. You know, he's this like feeble fellow, and just wasn't like good with confrontation. And he wasn't uh, gigantically su- successful, but he was successful enough that it, like it was starting to get to him. It was a little pressure. And then he was always like checking in on this super hot girlfriend. Make it, are you okay? You need anything? You need? Like there was like she was like, have she you was been like that his guy? handler? No, I haven't been that guy. Right, Except that ahead. one relationship with that twenty-five-year-old right. woman. Ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's okay. It's okay. But um, it was weird to watch. It was like uh, like a predator wasp had taken over a bumblebee and just controlling the <laughs> bumblebee. Like <laughs> and the bee's like, what should I go? Where? Where should I do? But that bumblebee had talent. That bumblebee could sing his ass off. So he'd be out, and then he'd get off stage immediately, grab her and kiss her, mouth kiss her in front of everybody. Like, that was his thing. You know, like, wanted everybody to know. Yeah. It's, um, the p- dynamics, like, power dynamics like that are very weird. I, 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 have a, I have some questions I wrote on the road. That's why I was so fucking jacked coming about in what? here after three days of driving, is all of those thoughts about, okay, oh, I could talk to him about this. And, I, mm. and then, oh, I'm going there. I can't remember three days of thoughts. I'm going to belch them all out like a breach birth fucking abortion <laughs> all in the first 30 minutes and have nothing to say. Douglas, we'll always have something well, I to had say. To, I, 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 it went to nowhere because I don't know enough references of new comics or new hot comics. I was going to do the power dynamic game. 
I'll save this for Kreischer because he <laughs> loves games. Does he? Yeah, like we always would like, okay, we're going to do top three comics oh, that you could right. tour with if you wanted to tour. And like, okay, uh, I picked Chappelle and I go Bamford. And you're like, fuck, I should have picked Bamford and back and forth. But it was the power dynamic game where mm. if there were two like equal parties and they had a relationship, let's just say the easy Kreischer Segura. Let's say they were in a gay relationship and one of them wanted to say the other one took advantage of me because of their power dynamic. But you have to make it difficult. Like, okay, who does have... You just said Moshi and uh, Lajero. Yeah. I don't know either of them you know, well enough. Like, who would have the power dynamic that they could claim he took advantage of me. I don't think they do have. She... I don't think either one of them have it. I think that's one of the reasons why they work so well. I think um, they're both really. Funny. That's why it's a game. Yeah. We, we yeah. started this with who would you rather day drink with, Bukowski or Hunter S. Thompson? Hunter, all day. See, Bukowski. I'm, day drink is a different thing, Joe. Like day drink means you're just sullen at a fucking you know the lights coming through the tavern door. Hunter would be way too fucking ecstatic to go shoot things. He's a night drunk. I think Bukowski. But the power dynamic game, I gave up on because I don't know enough of the fucking... I would take either. I'd be, I would be super excited to drink with Bukowski. But don't get me wrong. But um, when it comes to like a fan of the work... We stopped I'm playing a, that game, by the way, when no one could top Bill Murray. Oh, yeah. He's the best, right? Yeah. You'd want to hang out with him. Yes. Number one. Bucket list. Bill Murray would be number one, yeah. But you know that's over, over people. Yeah, I guess so. He, I'm, I'm going like, to my notes. Yeah, uh, I, I, two other things. Bukowski would be great to hang with, no doubt. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. One of the things that I love about Bukowski more than anything is that he was in the post office till he was like in his forties. Like I used he was to writing use him and wasn't working as a negative inspiration in my thirties, where I like be lazy and I go, mm -hmm. yeah, fuck it. Bukowski didn't write shit till he was like 43 years old. So I yeah. would use that as negative inspiration for why I cannot work because oh, now I'm 53. Well, there's like you get a different you get a different product, right? It's like you could cook a steak and you could sear it for like five minutes on each side or you could cook a brisket and it takes 18 hours. Like they're very different things. Yeah. Like you could do it both ways. You could start off and be like gung-ho out of the gate when you're 21 years old. Or you could be a fucking Bukowski. But you don't get a Bukowski if you're gung-ho out of the gate when you're 21 years old. You get a Bukowski after the work. After yeah. like struggling at a job. But I would just focus on his age yeah. going, okay, yeah. I don't have to do anything right. until then. All right, here's the... Uh, this. Uh, uh, you have to understand. You have to drive from Tucson... Yeah, and that where you get to Van Horn and go, should I take the scenic route through Marfa and Alpine or should I go right to Fort Stockton and check into a fucking horrible hotel that I'm terrified to go in with a pink mohawk in <laughs> West Texas? And do I wear a mask? Are they going to mock me for wearing a mask? Yeah, you I should don't cover know. the mohawk up with a hat. Uh, 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 ho uh, uh, Motel Kitzmiller in fucking Fredericksburg. I have to give a shout out to them because that was a place, I don't know if this is a sketchy motel or if it's retro. And I go, you know, fucking Texas is a scary place if you don't know where you are. And I, 
this guy, uh, before I could hand him my ID, he said, just want you to know I'm a big fan. And I'm like, oh, thank God, because I didn't hilarious. know if I was going to get fucking murdered That's here. That's hilarious. Uh, so Texas has got a lot of open space. That's the weird part about it. Like, you feel like you don't, you could drive for days. It just, it feels mm-hmm. like that. There's some spots where you're like, wow, there's like nothing out here. There's a long road where there's not a lot out there. And you get this weird feeling of like, man, if I just vanished, how long would it take before they found me? Yeah, this is, uh, well, if if you don't know, you have seen No Country for Old Men. Yes. That's West Texas. Yes. yes. So so I was thinking, Perfect. Joe Rogan, do you think at your best moment, a better host or a better guest? Like, what? Um, Are you giving me the booger sign? No, no, I'm scratching my nose. Oh, good. I don't. Um, I don't know. Okay, well, the 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 question evolved as the miles went by. To if this, uh, if you were on uh, the Howard Stern show, one shot only, would you be a better Howard St- of the five places on the Howard Stern show? Where would your personality best fit in, as the host, the guest? The Artie chair, the Fred chair, we all know that's Greg Chaley's chair. I thought I would be the best Robin Quivers. Would you be the best guest for one episode or the best host? Because you kind of do both here. Uh, His show is so different, though. His show's so different than any other show. Like He's way away from everybody, and he's up in that podium. It's like an interview. He's doing an interview. I'm saying there's two open spots. On the Howard Stern show that we have I'd probably to fill be the in Artie. for. I'd take the Artie chair. I did that a few times, you know. So did I. Yeah. 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 I did it uh, back after Jackie left. That was, to me, that was like when Jackie left the Howard Stern show. I was like, oh, what? How yeah, I sat in up? auditioning for up? the Artie chair yeah. knowing that even if I got it, it would be a, a, a coin flip or it would be a, a hard decision. If they offered me the job, would I live in New York City to take that job, yeah, I've, I've never been really and interested in living then, in I New would York. Go, Fuck no, 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 no. I think I think New York is too, good for two things. It's good for doing short comedy sets, and it's good for playing pool. There's <laughs> a lot of pool halls in New York City. You get to hop around, and go to good places, and find yeah, I for, I good players. You're a shark, I'm not a shark. I'm terrible. Yeah. I'm terrible now, man. I played last night. It was embarrassing. I, I just don't have a table here, so I'm, I'm yeah. All, I, 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 I could never play on a a. a Legit big table, mm. bar tables, quarter tables. I those are fun. on acid. I had my best pool games <laughs> ever. Makes sense. You you more in tune. You with see the what's angles. Going on. See. Yeah. All right. They that used, was the dumb they question. They used to um, the guys who used to gamble a lot used to take. Uh, I guess I think they call them black beauties. I believe. But make look up speed. what what it is speed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Some kind of amphetamines, and they would gamble for like 16, 17 hours in a row. And they would uh, all do, like, the best pool players from the day in the 70s were all speed freaks. And there was one of them, the guy's named Buddy Hall. And Buddy Hall wrote a book. It's a, it's a crazy book because it's so obviously, it's him and his friend Woody. They wrote, like, Woody, like, wrote it down. And it's, I have a copy of it. But it's a rare book. Like, you have to buy a used copy of it. Um, and this uh, book is basically about his gambling days when he's this young kid in Kentucky, they called him the Rifleman, and he would just get fired up on speed and play people like $10,000 and and fucking just never miss. He was like this legendary guy. Like, Buddy Hall's like, 
one of the best pool players of all time. But like in his day, it wasn't just that he was a great pool player. He's a gambler and like a stone cold killer. Like you would bring in guys from the Philippines and they would have fucking backers and piles of it's cash. Like, it's like every which way yeah. but loose. But it was legit, and yeah. they would they Fucking would go Philo to play the rifle Beto. man. Yeah, they would bring him for big money games, and he just would hold up. He would win. He would beat everybody, and he was doing it. A lot of these games, these guys were all speeded up, and apparently, I've never done amphetamines like that. But if they say that when you're you're playing pool and you're on speed, not only can you stay awake, but you see things like super sharp and clear. You see the angles. Yeah. It's like, it's all mapped out for you. Yeah. Acid. This was a come down of acid, which yeah. is different than peaking where like, the, 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 the felt wasn't breathing. Yeah. <laughs> this is when you're coming down. You got to see like, what this dude looks like. Pull up a, Pull up a photo Hall. of Buddy Hall from the 1970s. That's what you want to see. You want to see bell bottom Buddy Hall. When he was real thin, because he God. got real big as he got older, when he got off the speed, and it was, but you know they all did it. They all that was the thing that players all did, and he talked about it in his book, and they've talked about it in other books too that would talk about pool. These guys that would gamble for hours and hours at a time, they would all do it on speed. That's him. That was him back in the day. Go to that picture yeah. above it though. That was a little yeah, later in his uh, life. Oh yeah, I want, I want that one right there. That one right the there. Too. That's that's him when he's young, and that's Earl Strickland, who's another one of the greatest players of all time. And that's probably from the early '80s, if I had to guess. You know, and you, that guy to the left, that one with no beard, right there, the lower corner, the lower corner. That's Buddy Hall. That's Buddy Hall when he was when Jay he was Leno? in his prime. <laughs> That's Buddy Hall when he was in his prime, and they would bring him around to places, and and you know guys would seek him out to play him, but like he did this for decades and decades. Billiards is kind of like bowling, where if you get too good at it, it sucks. Like <laughs> this guy's gonna run the table or maybe miss one shot. Sort this guy's of. either gonna get a strike or a spare. Yeah, but bowling, you're seeing the same thing every time. You're seeing <laughs> variations once you want knock one pin or another, but it's basically like a break shot. Over and over and over again. The complexity of pool is so much more interesting to me because there's so many options. Every game is different. And it's all to about play, getting to angles to... Yeah, but it's like... If the you only know reason, the game. If you know the game and you're watching a guy like Buddy Hall play, it's art form. It's an art. Like, he's, he's known for being, like, this slow, smooth player. Like, he never does anything, like, erratic. Everything is perfect cue ball control it's just such so much precision that if you're a person who plays and you know how hard it is to do what he's doing it's an art form uh tracy chaley's tracy mm -hmm. uh she is a hockey fanatic so when football would end and hockey would start it's just the same dudes that there's no football anymore Right. And she'd put on a hockey. I don't get it. It's just really fast. You think it's all luck. And she would have to explain the rules. Like it's a bunch of dudes that are sad without football. And here's this chick that's like, no, well, this is what icing means. And this is what offsides is. And this is high stick. And then I still never appreciated it till she made me watch the all-star game where they do this skills competition. And then it's like fucking Harlem Globetrotters. Guys are bouncing dribbling a puck on top of their stick and then fucking whipping it under their legs and fucking hitting coffee cups out of fucking cutouts and like oh it's not all luck there is skill involved in oh this. there's super skill it's, hockey's fun to watch 
But if you don't know the skill, a lot of that's wasted. If you don't know the game, a lot of that's wasted. You know what they did with hockey that's really smart? They put that circle over the puck. So when you watch it on TV... That's, that's like 15, fucking 20 years ago. Yeah, but that's uh, as many times as I watch hockey. I know, I, I, I just love it, like it when times. you're as fucking dated as I am, <laughs> even though you're a kid. Did I tell you that I watched, uh, uh, that I rather uh, used to help train Bobby Orr? Uh, I used to work at the Boston Athletic Club and uh, when I was 19. I was uh, teach people to lift weights and stuff like that. I was a trainer. And I uh, used to help Bobby Orr get onto the Versa Climber. He, he 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 had so many knee surgeries. He had, it was the craziest shit you've ever seen. Like his knees, both sides oh. of his knees were just covered in scars. Yeah, and they were these have old. No idea what fucking oh. athletes go through. Why are they getting paid more than our teachers? Because they fucking die early. Yeah, and th- his surgeries that he went through. I mean, we're talking a long ass time ago when they they opened you up like a fish and stitched shit together and it all blew apart. They didn't and know he had how to a make bite it. on a ruler. Fuck, dude. Sawed your leg off. Oh, he, wait, that's a civil war. His leg... No, it was a little different than that. His legs didn't... They don't extend. They don't fully lock out. They were always, like, partially bent, and there was a range of motion of just, like, a few degrees. He couldn't, like, really get up onto the machine, so you had to kind of help him. Like, he had to put, like, one leg up and then the other leg up. The nice... Couldn't be the nicer guy. Super nice guy. And you, could, you almost couldn't believe it was really Bobby Orr. I remember I swore around him once. I, someone said something, and I was like, get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. And then Bobby Orr was like, oh, look at the language these kids today are using. And I remember being so embarrassed, like, oh, my God. I swore around Bobby Orr. What a piece of shit I am. Uh, that was back when I was convinced I was a piece of shit, too. Can I go, can I go back to my uh, next question? The first you, one you really want to go through those? Okay. No, no, no. The next question was... And I, I put this on Twitter as a poll, but I really thought it was an interesting question for you. Would you rather be the first person to take an untested vaccine or the first person to ride in the backseat on the freeway of a uh, driverless car? Oh, I'll take the driverless car all day. You'd be the first person to yeah. do that? Oh, fuck. Well, an untested vaccine? I don't want to be Un- there to or th- test it. See, untested, but it's an some untested of them, they driverless car. I understand that. Would you be? Would you be? Uh, I would imagine the driverless car. There, there's more. You're on the freeway. More examination of the possibilities. Like they, they kind of like have the camera situation set up. Have you ever driven in a driverless car? Have you ever driven no, in a Tesla when it does? That's it? what made me amazing. think of this. Is you have a Tesla, and I thought. What I'm getting out of this one is perk is maybe you give me a, a ride around the block. Driverless. You're hanging out with Berth Kreischer too much, and you're trying to turn this into a fucking game show, and uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. Don't well, like then the we could just skip it. I don't know. Maybe I would do. The I car wrote it thing. down, so I thought I'd say. I'd do the car thing, or if I was talking to the scientist that made the vaccine, if they yeah. had some reasonable well, explanation. Thank you very much. It would have to be like, you know, this is why we know this vaccine's safe. And we don't have to worry about it at all. You can pull your notes out. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, I can't even read them. I don't have my readers on. I'll use my readers. Oh, no. I, what have, is your, I, have, I have mine right here. Oh. Uh, I brought the orange Ooh, tinted like ones. Those. I, those are fresh. Well, they also hide the bags under your eyes a little bit. The same way I love the mask. Because I have crow's feet. When I wear oh. the mask in a supermarket, crow's feet let people know that I'm smiling without having to see my ugly yellow teeth. Oh. And I use these, and I, I brought them, forgetting. Oh, it's been a year. This isn't Zoom. I don't need reading glasses. We need what we need is like a, we need a, a thing on your mask where you can hit a button and it makes like a Cheshire cat grin, 
Like it pops up in LEDs. So I did, I did buy a smiling. bunch of this stupid like novelty masks. Yeah. Where I have a beard and a stupid missing tooth or whatever. I didn't even go to a fucking uh, Do you want me to read those? No, I'm just seeing if any of them are any good. <laughs> but you're doing oh, this fuck thing. It. Yeah. The stretch. Yeah. That's a fucking... Uh, that's a pod... Oh, uh, in Bisbee? Yeah. Michael Bean lives there now. Who's Michael Bean? Exactly. You know who he is. Uh, he was... Uh, I can never remember. He was the original... The guy in the first Terminator that oh, comes back. He's yeah. in the Abyss. He's in Aliens oh. 2. I think he was in the second Terminator, right? He was in the one. No, he was the, the first Terminator, second Aliens, oh, okay. uh, and the Abyss, where he swears I wasn't a bad guy in that. Nah, mm. you kind of were. Everyone sees you like that. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna start a podcast. I'll you t- and I do. I'll tell you the premise afterwards. Uh, Let's go back to we were right. we were talking about this before you left to pee. The whether you would hang out with Bukowski or would or Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. yeah. Both would be great. Be uh, a different thing. But day drinking is a, as a, as a veteran drunk. There's a, a there is a difference between day drinking, where today I'm day drinking. Right. I don't want to go fucking do shit with you. I don't want to go. You know, yeah. Yeah. Just want to lounge. Yeah. I don't want to go out with Hunter and fucking blow shit up. That's a nighttime. I don't thing. think he always did that though. If you like look at his <clears throat> uh, whatever routine that they documented that was uh, famous for. Uh, of being a ridiculous list that you could read online of all the different shit that he did during the day. And then uh, who turned that into a song? Uh, Fitzsimmons and I were reading the list and yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But as he looks that up, I'll say I'll, mostly because I'll go back to the Howard Stern thing. Would you fire Jamie to get Fred Norris? <laughs> no, I'm being silly. Um, and it's going to get worse. As I drink and okay. turn into Hunter S. <laughs> he was mostly what he was doing was uh, coke and drinking all day long. Like he just hung out and did coke and drank, and then right. wait till like six coke. o'clock in the afternoon. And then he would start writing. You'd, you've never done coke. No. Like the last thing you want with a day drinker is someone who talks a lot. Mm, you right. fucking slouch with your seahorse posture, and you look at the other guy and you go, "This thing on TV, fuck these people." Like that would be Bukowski. Okay, right. I could tolerate that. But if I waited till nine o'clock to drink, oh, okay, Hunter S is gonna fucking light this shit up. I wonder what he really was doing during the days. I mean, how much of it is just folklore and mythology? Because it's fun. It's a fun mythology. I, I remember reading uh, Stedman's biography of life with Hunter S. Mm-hmm. What did he say? He kind of confirmed a lot of the shit. That he really did live like that? Yeah, and it was not necessarily a positive. I, I've, no. You, you, t- you brought this up earlier about there it comedians. Is. Yeah. I, I don't have that constitution. Like, I'm, I, I'm a one drunk. Like Everything I do in my career, if it's a, a show, that's why I only do one show a night. Because I drink the perfect amount to have a, a confident show. You do a million things a day. Imagine if you had to blow a load for all of your projects. Okay, I'm going to do two podcasts. Then I'm going to go do fucking 30 minutes at the comedy store. And then I'm going right. to fly to 
but imagine if you had to fucking actually ejaculate at everything you do during a day. I can, I'm good for one load a day. So I'm a one drunk a day person. I'm not leaving here to go do sets at a place. Uh, I forget my point <laughs> as you stare at me awkwardly. <laughs> Just wait for you to finish. Well, I was waiting for you to say, yeah, I couldn't do that. But the no, look you gave would, me is you... like, I could blow four loads a day. No. That's, uh, the last four would be sad. Exactly. Or the last three. I've, I've it's, done, it's also I've... like, there's a there's an art form to doing less, you know. Like there's a there's there's definitely something to be said for having less things that are. In, I would like a, I would like to live multiple lives simultaneously, so I could just pursue my individual interests in each one of those lives, and just singularly, you know, not think about business stuff. Just think about one thing that I like to do or one thing, and just live like that. Because there's there's a real uh, uh, it's a really attractive to me people that just get dedicated to whether it is it's painting or just making music whatever it is you got one thing that you're dedicated to I think that's there's something very interesting about that to me but I I, I, I don't even have the attention span for a lap dance and <laughs> I can't remember the last time I was even in a titty bar but someone would buy you a lap dance like Don King I don't know if he's still right. around uh, around here the titty bar king of Austin. He would like, yeah, after your Austin show, we'll bring you to the fucking Yellow Rose, or he flip-flopped between the titty bars. I'll buy you a lap dance. I don't have the attention span. Like, I don't know how to react to the girl. Like, I'm, I'm too old to go, ooh, like, uh, you're so hot. I'm looking at the other dancers, and that's in a three-minute song. So, so your attention span, I don't know how you're so well-adjusted to... I mean, you do drink. You fucking smoke weed all the time, and you still persevere professionally. You're baffling to me. Yeah, I just do what I do. I don't know. Doesn't seem that hard to me. Because I know people that do really hard things, so it's uh, not that hard in comparison. It's also baffling to me. Yeah. That, well, well, you told me I was fucking... Before you even moved here, you said, hey, I am moving to Austin if I fly you out. Will you do uh, my podcast? And I said, no, but I'll drive out. And you go, you drive that far? You're fucking crazy. I go, no. I, I don't I think I really... said it like that. Yeah, you did. Uh, it made I know because <laughs> it made me feel powerful. Like, oh, Joe Rogan wouldn't drive fucking I would two drive days? that. It's boring. I find it boring. Uh, I don't see, like to be in a car for 16 hours. I got too yeah, much. Yeah, but... it's my special place. But I get it. I yeah. get it. I get it that it's a, a lot of people enjoy it, man. They like long road trips and listening to books on tape and, and chilling and just thinking. A lot of people really enjoy it. Again, west of the 35 corridor. Mm. You get me fucking... I went through Fredericksburg on the 290. I went that way because I have a growing vertigo problem behind the wheel and uh, what, what do they call them? Like clover leaves or the connectors? Oh, those things when freak you out? Like to a point where my arms will, you know, when you lift a weight, you would know. You lift you a shaky. weight to a point where, like, if you pick up a coffee cup afterwards, you don't know if you're going to smash it or drop it. Right. I, I get like that with vertigo where I go, I can't. Really? Like, yeah, I can't. What does it do to you? Like, other than shake, make you shake, what is it? What's going on in your head when you. It's, uh, again, I don't understand cause and effect. I don't know what's creating that fear. But I, I, I'm 
my lucid dreaming has become so where I, I you know that feeling where in a dream where you're in a high precipice and you think you're going to fall right. now in a dream i can jump off of it i know oh i'm in a dream i can fucking i'm jumping i'm going to float or fly or sink slowly and safely to the ground i get the same feeling in real life on a a high I, we were crossing the Mississippi once, and I was behind the wheel, and I started to have this panic attack, and fucking Chaley's editing in the passenger seat, and I'm like, take the wheel, take the wheel, I f- I'm freaking out a bit, so now, like, I... Uh, I need to be a fucking regular dosage of Xanax. Well, that, oh, hold on. Before you get into that, let, let me take you back to the lucid dreaming thing. Like, when did that start? Over the years. I oh, fucking sleep. Recently? Well, no. Over Five years, years? Like, how many years? It's it's getting better all the time. You get, you're better at lucid dreaming yeah. than you were before. Did, was it a... Um, I had to come out this morning. I took a Seroquel, which I try not to take. What's that? It's a very powerful... Antipsychotic. <laughs> that uh, it's probably bad for your liver. Why uh, are you taking an antipsychotic? Because it, I fucking sleep. I can sleep like fourteen hours. I'll get up to piss, go <sighs> like lucidly out of the dream, remembering the dream, and go back. Hang on, I have to piss. Just like I pissed here on the podcast, I can get up out of a dream, say please hold dream, piss. Lucidly, I'm not in a closet like Sean Rouse. <laughs> so Sarah and go does back that for you. Yeah, I, I, and that's why I use it very sparingly. Jesus Christ, that sounds amazing. It's fucking the best. Like, what else does it do though? What's the, the bad problem? Parts? Is you cannot share dreams with people. I know it's a hack premise, mm. but where I woke up this morning, I went to bed after fucking Red Band finally called me. <laughs> And told me, oh, yeah, I prompted Joe Rogan to finally respond to you. What time am I going to be? I didn't know what time I'm supposed to be here. Mm. He told me the address. I think you were texting the wrong number. No. I'm pretty sure. Oh, fuck. No, no, with me. Do, with me. Uh, do you want to, uh, if you want to put a half a million dollar bet, I'll use your half million as a down payment on that fucking Comedian Grove. <laughs> this Comedian Grove. Um, I'll, I'll show you the texts. But, but we were just saying something, though. Yeah, uh, about lucid dreaming. Lucid dreams. So, so, so but, but, I was in such a state when I woke up this morning from dreams where, you know the dream where you wake up and go, oh, fucking thank God everything was going Right, but poorly. I wanted, this is what I want to know. Did, did the lucid dreams start independently of the Seroquel stuff? Oh, or they start yeah, with no, it? since I was a kid. Oh, you've always had lucid dreams. I, I remember when I was probably an early teenager, the first time that I could correlate that stomach drop feeling of when you're about to fall off of something, but you could fly. Yeah. Like, do you have flying dreams? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But they, those have grown where, okay, now I can fly. Now I know mm. I'm in a dream. I can kind of control it. I, I know what's going on and I can wake up and piss and go back to bed and get right back into the same dream. Did you read books about this? No. Is this something that you just figured out as you were doing it, as you're having these lucid dreams? Yeah, but at the same problem that everyone who has dreams, you can't quite remember it, but the feeling, the stomach drop feeling, the, oh, I'm, I'm floating. Things right. that connect your brain back to 
okay, I know I'm in a dream, but I'm not going to wake up. Let's fuck with this. But you, so you, but you got better over the years just by having lucid dreams over and over again and realizing what's, the, what's the thing that you do that gets you out of the dream. Don't do that. And just figure out what to do to stay in that state. Sometimes you, you, you wake up or sometimes you're only alerted to the fact that you're dreaming because you hit bap, bap, bap. Oh, I get a text message. Okay. Reality's on the outside. It's fucking me up. Shut off your phone before you go to bed. But the Seroquel is more it just, extreme. It's it, bigger than... But it makes than, you sleep longer? I don't know. I don't know the science oh. behind it. But, but is, is the Seroquel making you have more lucid dreams or better control of your lucid dreams? It, it's, it's making me sleep longer and uh, making me more aware that I'm in a dream. I oh. don't know. I just... I know Seroquel a, dreams... I fucking lived an entire these altered states where I woke up and I'm like, is there still a receipt in my pocket from that dream that I can mm. prove there's two different worlds? It was that fucked up, but you can't explain that to people. I wanted to call anyone. I woke up and I was like, it was just a dream. There's but- a, a movie about uh, recording dreams that was pretty fucking good that I saw the other night. I think it's called Come True and it's about Apparently, there is some technology that they're working on right now where they can record certain aspects of your thoughts. Like if you're thinking about a triangle, it'll show an image of a triangle. Oh, and they yeah, yeah. think, I read something about it. Yeah, they think they're going to get to the point where they're going to be able to get at least some sort of a reasonable facsimile of the visuals that you're having in your dreams. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that fuck with cancel culture? Yeah. If we could go, <laughs> oh, hey, what were you thinking about when you heard this? Yeah, well, that's that's what's really going to fuck cancel culture is when we get mind reading software, when we get Neuralink and mind reading software, and people are going to recognize intent. That's going to be a thing. Whether it's fifty years from now or a hundred years from now, they're going to be able to figure out when you're just being a cunt, when you're really trying to change the world and make it for the better, or whether you want people to think better of you. And in the meantime, all it takes is a few dedicated. PIs to follow around uh, what's that cunt from fucking TMZ the guy that yeah yeah in, in all, the meet, all until them. you can read his thoughts go through his trash fucking follow him like Scientologists do and find <laughs> out what dirt do we have on you hey I'm canceling TMZ because they went through my trash and found a, a few text messages that were printed it's it, alright mm. you, you I know what you're saying we're gonna be able to read each other's intentions for sure maybe not within our lifetime but in time they're getting closer and closer to figuring out what's going on in your head during all sorts of different things during anger during passion during love during hate during jealousy intent is everything yeah they're gonna be able well that's the thing it's gonna kill comedy you know mind reading software is gonna destroy comedy oh all that mind reading software i it would it would save me if if, if I were even cancelable. Yeah, like my intent is always. Well, sometimes uh, I'm a but in my comedy, my intent is always positive, and yeah. I, I sleep good at night knowing that. Yeah, your intent is always positive and to get laughs. And this is uh, the weird thing about cancel culture and comedy is that they they exist, they they exist simultaneously. At the same time, like comedy is like the things you're saying, you're saying inappropriate things most of the time, things that would get you fired from almost every other occupation. And it's part of the occupation. 
but how did they figure out how to split comedy into wings? Like, if there were as many uh, uh, genres, genres of how they there's like eighteen kind of uh, gender slash sexualities now, but if you're you're, you're only two wings, like. Oh, he's left wing. He's right wing. So stupid. Like fucking legions of skanks is this right wing culture. Well, no, I'm not a wing. I've never been political. I'm pragmatic. I have fucking opinions about stuff. And we both agree that we don't know shit about what we're talking about half the time. I'm all over the place with my uh, leanings. But it's almost a 22 second clip and make it viral then yeah. you're a fucking Then I'm a right wing lunatic. <laughs> I, I, was, um... I was fixating on you uh this morning where oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. What? That, like when I see comics that I I know and respect and uh, when I say I know them comedians pretty much know each other. I don't, I don't know them personally. But when they take pot shots at you on fucking Twitter Usually comics, like when Dane Cook, well, people are jealous of my fame. People are jealous of a dollar amount that you made on fucking Spotify. I think most of those comics are, are considering if I had this this reach, if I could influence people, I would do it different than what Joe Rogan's doing. And they think you're different. No, you're just a fucking dumbard like me that has a podcast that somehow went fucking huge. With due respect to your effort, but you're not trying to influence. You're doing nothing different than you were doing ten years ago. Exactly. When you started the idea this. is that since you influence people, you should change what you're doing. Because I think what you're doing I think is a lot of comics say, "Well, if I had that much but reach, I would, you know, steer people in a different direction." For sure, there's jealousy involved. There's always jealousy involved with comedians. So many comedians are narcissists that anytime anyone's doing well, they get upset. I experienced it personally myself. I used to feel that way when I was younger. I've talked about it openly. I would see people being successful, and I would want them to fail because it would make me feel better. I I I want but them I don't think that's to, the case. But there's with you. a part but there's a part of it. There's a part of it when people are successful. The other people want to shit on them. There's also a thing where the idea that you have a certain amount of reach and because of that reach you have a certain amount of responsibility. You have a responsibility to be yourself. The problem is if you only lean into that responsibility and you think of it as this thing that you must do because you have a civic duty to spread this kind of information or that kind of information, then you can't be yourself anymore. Then yeah. you can't just be re- uh, you, whoever the fuck you are. You just you, you have to be this thing that they think is like more acceptable. And I think that's nonsense. That's nonsense. I think you just stopped yourself from saying retarded. I was thinking of a better word. <laughs> exactly. Retarded, I've, I've, I'm yeah. not against saying it, but it's not the right word right. at the time. It's like the, this, uh, there's an inclination to tell other people what they should and shouldn't do. And uh, I think it's part of the problem with social media is that you can impact people. You can get people to say things and not say things. You can. You really can do it. And you can get regular people to put their fucking gender uh, pronouns on their bio. Like regular folks that you've known forever, the normal, and all of a sudden it says he, him. Like really, Bob? He, him? Like no one knows? Uh, like what, what kind of game are we there, playing? There's an argument for that, uh, that you don't want to be the old guy that's saying the fucking... Yeah, you don't want to be Archie Bunker. Yeah, but 
Exactly. <laughs> there is, but there's uh, also uh, there's a forced compliance to this culture. That's the problem with it. It's a bunch of assholes that are trying to tell other people what to do because they get a kick out of it. It's just like the same people that want to yell at you when you're across the street to put your mask on. You're like, listen, it has nothing to do with you. Like, just stop. There's too much of this going on. There's too much of people wanting to tell people what to do. You know, and because of social media, they have this ability to interact with people. And one of the things that people like to do is they like telling people what to do. They like criticizing people. They like shitting on them. They like being mean. It's, uh, it's just a weird thing. It's part of, uh, part of human nature. And it's rapid cycling to the point where you, you can't really keep up. Yeah. With- yeah, just don't keep up. Just be yourself. You know, Bill Burr had a great response to uh, this kind of shit on um, Bill Marshall. He's like, well, like, cool, 200 fucking people on Twitter? He's like, I'm, I don't read that. I'm not listening to that. They were talking to him about you know, like people getting upset at his bits and stuff like that. Yeah. You did that to me when you moved here. I yeah. go, if I was a, a new comic, you are the equivalent to Carson right now, where you have that much reach. If I were a new comic and I was doing the Joe Rogan show, I would be nervous for every other reason than I was nervous today, which is I haven't been out in the real world in a year. Right. Like if I was a new comic, I'd be shitting my pants, but it's that frog in boiling water kind of, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm doing Rogan. Like the, your nurse here that gave me this swab to make sure that I'm fucking cancer free or whatever. COVID free. Yeah. She's like, what are you here to talk about? I go, you oh. don't. I have to talk to, to Rogan about that. stuff. Rogan talks to you and you answer and you fucking wait your turn. Yeah, I'll have to tell her to stop doing that. What? I want a pre-interview. Like the, oh, like, she was making light. and it, Yeah, but that's a problem. If you start thinking about what you're actually going to say. Oh, I've been doing that since <laughs> Sunday, you fucking asshole. That poor that poor prick at the, uh, 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 the the guy that said I'm a big fan at the fucking Motel Kitzmiller yeah, in yeah. Fredericksburg. That you were Once worried he was going to kill you. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I, go, I want to talk to him about all the things I've been thinking for 650 miles. I, I asked, hey, if you want a cocktail, I'm making cocktails in room eight. Did How you say great- so? Yes, I did. Wow. I said, And that's when I called Chaley and I go, let me do a Zoom podcast right now because my head is so fertile. And Chaley said three words for an hour and 12 minutes while I just spouted off a million things I've been thinking on the road. But you have to understand, in a year, I probably wrote down seven or eight premises in a notebook in a year. Because I don't... Fucking comedy for me, that's why I was not engaged. I did not... Like enter into any Twitter battles with anyone about anything that's going on or yeah. fucking can't. Because if I don't have a stage to perform it on, it's it's useless information. It's just gonna make me pent up and yeah, angry. Yeah, but you do it on the podcast though. You do talk about stuff on your podcast. But I'm talking to people who also don't give a fuck. Like, what do you mean? Like Chaley and Chad Shank, we're just sitting around. For they don't a year. give a fuck. What do you mean? About the outside world. Oh, okay. Like, the outside world is for business purposes only. If I have an opinion about something that really doesn't affect my day-to-day, why get angry about something I'm just going to yell at my wife about? <laughs> so the inside world is Bisbee, and the outside world is just for business purposes. So you pretty, have home base. Pretty much. That's a good way to handle it. Home base. I don't... I, I'm not having this argument at Safeway. By the way, I don't know where the camera is. 
I brought uh, signature brand cola, Safeway. If you want to shop for groceries, go to Safeway. Buy off-brand. I don't have any Is sponsors. it just as good? I don't fucking know. I just mix it with whiskey. I'm looking want, for a whiskey sponsor that I says, would, our whiskey's so good, you don't need Safeway brand off, off-brand cola. Maybe you should catch up with drinking. I, I feel don't think like they're I'm gonna, the stupid one. I don't think they're going to um, approve that for a marketing campaign. Yeah, Safeway. I would have loved to have gotten a hold of that. I was going to say the, the Coca-Cola that used to have cocaine in it. Oh. That stuff must have been amazing. Imagine what it was like back then when people yeah, didn't know yeah. that like getting coked I up bet, all the time was I bad bet for you. Depp has some in his basement. I bet he does. Oh my god, I bet he's got like a wine cellar of it. <laughs> but it's, it seems like it seems like a kind of thing that would. Uh, I wonder what culture was like back then when a lot of people were doing coke. It's probably really weird, right? Well, Did all... you ever see Ollie Joe Prater? <laughs> I never saw him live. I I, I just. Uh... There's a, 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 a six-episode, 10-minute series, 10-minute YouTube segments. Sam Talent's the one that hit me to that, the guy that wrote oh, that no book, shit. Running the Light. And he's just this cokehead. He's only like five foot one, and he's doing like But he's really like five foot one shit. wide, too. He's like yeah, built 300 like, and something yeah. pounds. He, uh, there's a, there was always a photo of him at the store of him climbing out of the limo. He was like climbing out of the comedy store limo, and he's like literally like, you can't even imagine he can get through the doorway, and he's holding the door open, and he's got like a big smile on his face. Is the urban legend that I attributed to John Fox, who was kind of his predecessor of, don't eat the mayonnaise in the condo, uh, <laughs> where he his nose starts fucking dripping blood during a set, spilling onto his shirt, and the audience <laughs> is aghast. And he doesn't know why, and he keeps plowing through his just eighties cocaine comedy, and uh, which hilarious. was edgy at the time. And and then and he realizes what happens, and he looks at himself, and he he, he looks at the blood on his fingers, and goes, "What? Nobody parties anymore." <laughs> John Fox was a hard partier. I forgot about that guy. Oh, he was the worst. He was the guy that did the same act for fucking like forty years. Archibald Barrisol, two two firemen are butt fucking in a smoke filled room. Chief walks in, and goes, "How'd this shit get started?" Uh, 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 no, he, he give him mouth to mouth. He goes, "How do you think this shit got started?" Uh, but I I worked with him once when I was a kid in Reno, and I said, uh, "And I I said, didn't you have the nosebleed?" He goes, "That's Ollie Joe Prater." Why are you fucking putting that shit on me? I'm like, you kind of fit the bill. And when I did Bill Burr's podcast once, coked out of my head after partying with Manson, he goes, yeah, you're like the new John Fox where you don't. I go, I have that reputation. Am I the new John Fox? Still kills me. No, you uh, you turn over material much quicker. I get sick of it way quicker. I never saw that. I think I've only seen him live once or twice. I saw him at the Laugh Factor, I believe. John Fox. Oh. Yeah. There's, there's those guys that relics. do that road. That road, man. Oh. Especially during the 80s. Like, those guys, they had... That was, like, the first road. I think, like, legitimately, the road popped up during the comedy boom in the early 80s. Because that's when clubs started showing up all over the place. And that was, like, the oversaturation of stand-up. What, what year there's, did you start? 89? 90. 90. Um, in 84, apparently, was like the roaring heyday of Boston. And there was all these clubs around Boston. But it's also 
when I think they started popping up all around the country. Like the comedy club world is a pretty recent world. Well, there's there's the road like you know. Kansas City, let's say St. Right. Louis, Chicago. Yeah, but then. The road I started was like triple gigs. Right, right. Billings, Montana. Yeah. Like the smallest of towns where they have comedy, but it was huge still. Like a Tuesday night in Missoula was packed to the gills because there was no yeah. you know, cell phone. But you did those gigs at the same time where those comedy clubs existed in all these cities as well. Hoping like, to get into uh, one yeah. of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but my point is, before that time, those comedy clubs did not exist in those cities. No. So if you went back to the 1970s, there was nothing. Like, and if you go to the 1960s, these guys were doing variety shows, like the old Lenny Bruce tapes, where he would be a host of a variety show. He'd bring up a band, yep. and there would be a dancer and a musician. And, burlesque, yeah, basically. It was burlesque, yeah. yeah he, he Latter-day uh, Catskills. Or, or, yeah. Similar kind of stuff, you know? So, like, vaudeville, those guys... That's the word I was looking for. L- Latter-day vaudeville. Yeah. So those guys like Fox and, and all those road dogs, like that was a new world. That world was a, a new thing. Like it didn't exist before. And, and all you could these... do the same act yeah. over and over again for decades. because yeah. Nobody watched no, your show. There's no YouTube. Yeah. And if you were a really good, there was good road comics. There was like comics that were like good, solid comics that only did the road. And, you know, they would go to a different town all the time and no one knew their act. They'd never seen them on television. They could crush. Who are acts that you could watch the same set like junior stopka comes to mind like, mm. i'll bring yeah, junior stopka and yeah no very play funny. the hits fucking well brody Hedberg. was always brody we always used to yell out to brody but, i heard you were a model you know he was like i was a model in serbia and he would do this like, i fought in the iraq war i was an iraqi soldier <laughs> that's neither here nor there but like yeah. hedberg yeah, we went yes. down a Hedberg fucking rabbit hole the other day, just laughing our ass. For sure, off. him. Well, you know uh, where I started out in Boston. That was what you you would see this these headliners do the same act over and over and over again. They'd never they most of them didn't do television, or if they did, it was like little clips on uh, evening at the Improv, like little quick yeah. fifteen minutes or something like that. But they all uh, had murderous acts that you could watch over and over again. Like I could watch Steve Sweeney a hundred times in a row, and it was the same. It was the same act. You didn't care. Like you wanted to laugh at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like people would go to see him knowing he was going to do the same act, but it was yeah. so good. I, I I remember. I don't know if you knew me when I did the jizz in the face. Oh thing yeah. With, yeah, with the yeah, beer. If, when I finally stopped doing that, people were like, you didn't do the jizz in ah. the face. But that's when I was starting to get a voice. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I I don't even know if my voice is my own anymore. Like I've, I, like, I, when I, I've written books and I go, I'm mimicking a writer. Mm. <laughs> I think I'm mimicking being a comic to this day. I I I, I saw what one was. I mimicked it poorly until I got to a place where I could mimic my own voice. But I don't know if I've ever had, like, we know real funny people. Yeah. The fucking, that you want to, Joey Diaz, obviously. But, dude, I think you've got a, a thing. I think you got imposter syndrome. I think it's mm-hmm. a lot of great artists have it. And what it is is, like, it's one of the things that keeps you good. Because one of the things that, that fucks you 
is if you start taking yourself really seriously and you think your work is important or you think your work is great. I went through that. Anybody can go through that. And that fucks you harder than anything in this goddamn business. And so one of the best ways to avoid that was always think you're a fraud. It's like it's so your brain's protecting you. Sure. That's imposter syndrome. And it usually and means you're conscientious. Is Dave Attell is definitely yeah, yeah, the, worst the worst out. Yeah. Because he hates he's so himself. Brilliant. He's so meticulous about yes. I don't want that out there. It's not as funny as the habit. Right. He's a legitimately funny guy and his that self-hatred keeps him producing. Yes. Uh which is the which is attractive. Yeah. The opposite is very unattractive. When you see someone like the opposite is someone who has uh, an inflated sense of their 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 ability and then they're not really that good. That's the opposite, right? That's that's so unattractive. Whereas the Atel thing is you're like Jesus Christ, dude, you're one of the best comics that's ever lived. How could you not? But you go, I okay, won't release I that it. special because yeah. it's not. oh my god. But it's so much funnier. Yeah. Again, the opposite is well, the the, the, the people. You know, the the cliche with uh, Joey and there's other people I could name that I can't think of where he, he could read a phone book and it would be funny. Right. If you and I read a phone book, at best you'd memorize the phone numbers. Yeah, it wouldn't we're, be that funny. We're writers. No. I, 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 I won't put you in this. I'm a writer that makes it sound like it's off the top of my head. And yeah. That's... I mean, I think we all are in a way. Every comic, I mean, when you're saying you're like you're a writer imitating a writer, but you know, like when Hunter S. Thompson used to uh, write, he one of the things he did when he was younger, he'd, he'd write The Great Gatsby over and over and over again. He'd just write it out word for word just to get an understanding of the beats and the, the way, you know, uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, right? Who yeah, wrote that? Um, uh, I, I, the way I, yeah. he would write out the prose, and that's how he learned how to do it. And we all learned how to do comedy by watching other comedians, and you want, learn how to write by reading I other writers. I purposely tried to not sound like Dice Clay when I started open mics, uh, and then that's, that's why I think I had that weird affectation. Like, yeah. Don't fucking put it up, Jamie. Ah. But there's there's me six months into comedy. Online? It's on YouTube. Oh boy! And I'm like, I even my first evening at the Improv, which is like a year into comedy, when they had a fallout. I talk, I talk You're fucking talking weird. Some weird affectation. I have no idea what I. But I remember I don't want to sound like Dice Clay because he's the reason I got into comedy. Right. Is it weird when you hang out with that guy? Is it weird you out still? Who Dice? Dice. Yeah. No, I've only met him like two times. Oh, one, really? You've never hung out with him at the store? The fuck no. Oh no. The, 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 I'd love to have you hang out with him. One time he followed me at the store in the OR when I was just got past, and he went, "Nice try." <laughs> like I was trying to be him, and that's long after I was out of my like "Don't be Dice Clay" phase. And it, and the second time was on Opie and Anthony, where he came in and fucking. Like, no one in my career has had that presence of a Kinnison or Dice where he just came in and took over the fucking room. Like, literally, and they're like, uh, Dice is going to smoke. He walked in and lit up a cigarette long after it's completely illegal to smoke anywhere in the fucking world except in a field. And they're like, uh, Dice is going to smoke. We're going to get in trouble. <laughs> and he's like, fucking, you, you're funny. I saw you special. And then I started to tell him about how he was the influence. He goes, I already told you you're funny. You can stop talking now. <laughs> Smoke. Like just this 
like that that old fucking late 80s vibe of yeah. fuck everything i'm going to come in here yeah. kinnison coked up on stern like no one has that ever since no no he was a different thing well rocking he's a he's a fun guy to hang around with too like dice is a fun guy to be around like uh like when you're hanging around with him at the store he's very friendly to comics like when i was when i was an open micer in Vegas, he came, he's playing some show, and we're drunk after an open mic, and we go, oh, Dice is at this whatever casino, and we went in, and he was in a, a lounge area, VIP, with his bodyguards, and I go, oh, I'm going to give one of these, my jokes to Andrew Dice Clay, and I walked no. up, and I'm like, oh, I just want to give him one of my jokes, just like crazy person oh, out no. front of your place, or crazy guy that comes to my house. Uh, I and they're like, get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, fuck Dice Clay. This was a great <sighs> joke. Wow. It's it's important. When you know the douchebag that you used to be, you have empathy for the douchebag that's now oh, yeah, <laughs> trying for sure. to email me a joke. I listened to Dice Clay with a girlfriend of mine when we were 19, sitting in my car, laughed my ass off. I'll, I'll never <laughs> forget it. My ass off. I'm with a girl. I'm laughing my ass off. Well, she was laughing, too. All right. We were laughing our asses off, I should say. She thought it was hilarious, too. It I was just, you know, it's always weird, like, when you know someone like that, and then all of a sudden you're hanging around with them. Like, that was one of the things the store was very strange for me from the very beginning. Like, first time, one of the first times I was ever there, I saw Damon Wayans on stage. I was like, Jesus, that's really Damon Wayans, you know? I'm still like that. Uh where I'm still starstruck uh, yeah. by people that that I have to explain who it is, which is what my fan base has to do. Like, hey, people are never going to believe. Like, I'll drunk dial a fan that emailed me randomly. I had a guy, he just sent me, like, oh, I'm so-and-so I'm and I think you're great and but he included his phone number, and I was in the mood. So I drunk dialed him. He goes, holy shit. Um, he's somewhere in Arkansas going into a Lowe's. He's like, no one's ever going to believe that you called me. I go, well, no one's going to know who I am. And he told me he was just walking into a Lowe's, and I bet him some you know, small bet. Like, okay, I'll send you this. If you can find one person in that Lowe's who knows who I am, no one's ever going to believe me because they're not going to know who I am. And I made him walk around a Lowe's <laughs> talking to anyone that would listen. Do you know who Doug Stanhope is? No, no. I'm failing here. Hang on. There's not a lot of people in here. <laughs> yeah, I, I fucking, I love my level of fame. Does that guy call you now all the time? I, no, he did send me, I think I bet him like... I have a copy of like Mad Magazine or something I can send you. I'm like, okay, and I'll send you an autographed thing if you oh, if you win. That's cool. But yeah, I kind of like that level. Fun of for him. It's pretty fucking cool for him. Yeah, you know. Except it's you have cool no one to, to share do. it with. Like that's dreams. perfect. But that's perfect. Yeah, he's got a memory. It's better than dreams because dreams memories are weird. You know, you wake up from a dream and it's like it's slippery can't really get a hold of it you know you cut, it's there and it's gone it's like you don't but i'm saying you can't share yeah. that experience his experience of getting a phone call from doug stanhope i i, yeah. I had a joke where 
I, I said, well, it's not a joke. It's the truth. I'm only famous within 100 feet of my gig for a half hour before and after the gig. Mm. Other than that, nobody knows who I am. But at the, I just realized on the drive out here, I also, my, my job is being famous. So for that hour on stage and half an hour before and after, I do live in a world of a famous person. So if someone says to me, you're famous, I've never heard of you. I go, well, I don't work for you. Yeah. I work for my audience and to my audience, I'm famous. So I do live the same experience. I just, my off time is way easier. Yeah, makes like sense. like a teacher, I have summers off. Jamie, pull up that thing that I was asking about the technology that they're going to use to record dreams because this is something that they're they're actively working to try to uh make a reality they think they're as you pull that, that up i want to uh i'm trying to find my other can of this spin drift are you the best advertising fun. more booze I'm, I'm advertising a million things that yes. have nothing to do with me just things i enjoy okay safeway cola I just enjoy Safeway. Safeway was Why the hardest Safeway? thing during COVID because I live in a small town where the only corporate thing there other than Burger King, which is the worst fast food ever, and I hate them, uh, is Safeway. And I know everybody at Safeway. And I, the only people I missed during the six, first six months that I did not go out was Susie and Anna and fucking Ricky, all my people at Safeway, the workers there. I fucking put them in the liner notes to, I think, the the special. Do you know that you're, you're the producer on my latest special? No, oh, I didn't know. Thank you. I, I just, just wanted to be a producer. Well, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a text message that I go, hey, listen, oh. we recorded it in 2019. It didn't come out till a year later. And I, I, I said, listen, we were, can I put you as a producer so maybe we get some fucking... Netflix leverage on this? Oh, yeah, you go, that's yeah, right. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I don't that. care. What are you showing me, Jamie? What's this video? <laughs> I was hoping the video was going to be better and show something. It's what the, the device you just asked me. Oh, so up. it's a legit functional device? Sort of. Dormio interfacing with dreams. Make that a little larger so I can read it. No, the, the thing above it? Yeah. Sleep is a forgotten country of the mind. The vast majority of our technologies are built for the waking state. Mm. Even though a third of our conscious lives, a third of our lives are asleep, current technological interfaces miss an opportunity to access the unique, imaginative, elastic cognition ongoing during dreams and semi-lucid states. In turn, what is this saying, though? This is that's a lot. Not, that's this exactly. Is, this is a little better explanation in this article about this. Oh, go to the top, please, so I can read the title. Uh, the title. Yeah. MIT researchers develop a way to record and even alter dreams. Yeah. That was what I was talking TDI. about. So There's so this, much of this stuff that if, if, if there was a, a... Whoa, look at this, though. Targeted dream incubation. They can alter your dreams. They can guide the dreams towards particular themes. TDI is a protocol that we utilized within an app on the wearable sleep tracking device... Donimo uh, to record the wearer's dreams. Additionally, it's also possible to guide the dreams towards certain ideas when the wearer is in, proce in the process of going to sleep by targeting, targeting them with information 
around the idea repeatedly. Oh, so they put like a panda bear in your head over and over and over again. I've heard of people being able to practice things like this, uh, and there, yeah. and I don't. I, it sounded so BS to me. I was like, okay, they can learn guitar while they're sleeping. Look up. But, uh, was it real? I, I'm gonna guess but 1978. Apparently. What what year did the Shah of Iran die? Because I remember I would sleep with AM radio on, hoping to hear air supply because I was in love with a girl. And I woke up and my dad said, oh, the Shah of Iran died. And I go, that's so fucked up. I had a dream about it. And then realized later I had slept with AM radio on. So I heard it on the news. 79. Boom. Look at that. Soon thereafter, the Iranian monarchy was formally abolished. I didn't have a dream about that. No. Well, you, you, radio can only be so detailed. Well, I also got over that girl, and I stopped roller skating. Did you think of yourself as John Cusack standing outside of her window holding up the boombox? Remember that scene? I wish I had... Uh, I did... You know, when we were uh, late 90s, there was a million, or middle 90s. I did a bit about that. When stalker was first coined a term, and I'm like, yeah, uh, but if it, 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 John Cusack holding the boombox, that's a stalker, but he's cute. <laughs> so it's romantic. Which, well, it, it's it also comes into play again. Uh, everything, all the bits that you do about like priests molesting kids, and they think it's a new thing every time it's popular in the news. No, that was like. I was going on in the early 90s when I started comedy. I remember Becker's bit about an open mic going, yeah, what we have here is failure to excommunicate. And then all of a sudden, priest molestation is a new thing in the 2000s. And then it's a new thing again. Stalker was a thing. Priest molestation, no, it's always been a thing. Like everybody knew about it in the 50s But it's 60s. not always like, in the news. When did it start being in the news? I mean, there's been a ton of documentaries and news stories. And then the one big one was when um, the Pope turned out he used to be a, a bishop that was letting go these guys after they got caught molesting kids. And one of them went on to uh, molest uh, 100 deaf kids. They, they did a documentary on it. It's dark shit, man. He, he was involved with a lot of the moving around of those pedophile priests. And uh, that's one of the reasons why there was one point where they said he couldn't leave the Vatican because there were certain parts of the world that wanted to try him with tr crimes against humanity. So he had to stay there. Like, those guys are, like... But when you hear a, a comic that's a new comic doing bits like, this is just... Oh, like they think it's breaking gr yeah, new it's, ground? Yeah, yeah. but Do it's they, not. Though? Do they, though? I don't know. In this day and age? I think it's something well, to talk about. Well, in this day about. and age... Uh, I didn't start in this day and age. There was Magic whatever's in a newspaper, like a physical newspaper. There was not Twitter or what's trending. Now everything's in the news for about 48 hours at best. Yeah, and then it flies away. Which is kind of good. It's kind of good, but it's kind of fascinating to watch just the, the glut of information being poured down our throats. It's just happening at a pace. It's, you can't keep up with everything. There's just too much going on. When they say that like there's more data being created, there's some crazy statistic, like more data being created in a day in 2021 than like the last thousand years. Like what what is the the statistic? It's something really nutty. Right. I know I butchered it. In the last <coughs> just the one that pops up today. Okay. Uh, in the last two years alone, the astonishing 90% of the world's data has been created. 
That's insane. 2.5 quintillion bytes of data are produced by humans every day. Oh, that's that a, is insane. Number. And it keeps accelerating. It's like there's no way you can keep track of all of it, which is yeah. good. Which is good. You you, know? you, yeah, you can't. In our day, when there was like three sitcoms, mm. yeah, you could make a joke about Alice. Lorena Bobbitt. Oh, yes. Yeah, remember that one? Yep. Yeah, there was uh, Monica Lewinsky jokes. There was, uh, Lorena uh, Bobbitt happened at the same time as, fuck, because me and Becker were on meth, uh, and we went out in Scottsdale. Hey, try this, Zha Zhang, <laughs> rejection proof. Do some meth and go out in a median in Scottsdale. Need money to have penis reattached. <laughs> And cops finally shoot us off. What was the other one at the same time? The two biggest hackneyed premises. That anyway. Mm. Remember he did porn? He had his dick reattached and yeah, did porn? Yeah, Franken penis or yeah. something it was Jeez. called. She threw it on the side of the road and the cops found it. Ouch. Yeah. At this point, I would be like the fucking COVID vaccine where I go, oh, I didn't even feel it happen. You know, they give guys new dicks now. Guys have had their, they have their dicks blown off or something's happened to their dick. They've got an infection. I, I, if I could get a they new dick, dick plants. I would. I would make it something freak showish, like with a, yeah. a, a two-headed penis with a little baby head mm. coming off, so I could just sell Duh. pictures. You have to get a, a transplant. Like you'd have to find a two-headed dick to get a two-headed dick. Like, I'd take a, a Seroquel, sleep through the whole thing, and have lucid dreams about it. Okay. I have an answer for everything after I think a certain do. amount of cocktails. I get it. I get it. But they, they can't my, give guys dicks now, which is crazy. You know what they can't do? They can't give you balls because it's unethical. Because oh if God. a guy died, they, you can't have his testicles because his testicles will be shooting out his sperm, even if it's yours, even if it's in your body. So you'd be making his babies, which is wild, right? Like So if someone got a hold of your balls, if you died and you donated your balls to science and some guy needed a new pair of balls, if he got your balls, he would be shooting your loads. For the rest of his life. So he'd be making Doug Stanhope babies. And they'd be like, but Doug Stanhope is dead. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Meanwhile, your zombie nuts be activated in this guy's body. I, Just uh, like if you cut a guy's hand off and then reattach it to another person, he gets then... the fingerprints of that oh, dead yeah, guy. Yeah. You get the loads of the dead guy. It's actually happened three times. But really? they were in cases of twins. Really? All cases were twins. Yeah, the first two cases, I guess one of the brothers didn't have testicles. So wow. They, and then another one, well, it looks like one might have died. Well, there's that documentary about the, the guy that was a fertility doctor, but he used oh, his yeah. own sperm, so he's got... Yeah, he impregnated like 100 people. <laughs> that, that, a factoid for you. Uh, one of these books I read uh, was uh, the most children recorded by a single uh, father. Was it that was guy? It, no, no, no. This is uh, some fucking pharaoh of fucking Turkey before it was called Turkey or something. Oh, wow. What about uh, Genghis Khan? I, I don't know who it was, but uh, look it up. I think it's 880 children. Jesus most Christ. children. And he was... That it, is crazy. But that was in the, the Darwin book about why chicks fuck older guys. Like, mm -hmm. if I ignored all the big words, just like that story he just put up. Here it like is. Like, if you ignore all the big words, if they talk dumb to you, you... Look what he said. Monarch of Morocco had a harem of 500 women and registered 522 boys and 342 girls. In total, 
an observation was made that 1,042 children, and then eventually after his death, the, t- the, the total <laughs> rose to 1,171. Wow. And again. and again to 1,248. 1,248. When they, I don't know how they figured that out. Maybe they did some DNA testing or something. And what year is this? Uh, That's crazy. That's a lot of people. Um, the guy, that guy liked to fuck. Am I right, people? Am I right? Um, but Genghis Khan, his DNA is some in some insane amount of people in the area, in the area where he lived. I think that's why they call him Mongoloids. Wah. I'm canceled. There he is. 1672 to 1721. Wow, look at that guy out there partying. Wow. 1672, just fucking up a storm, not paying attention to any of your kids. You got hundreds of them, a thousand, 1,200 kids. What, what? You're not paying attention to those kids. Yeah. There's no way. Well, they're homeschooled. What a fucking animal. Guys just, just shooting loads all over the kingdom. Well, if every load that you ever blew... Became what? a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Even the ones he jerked off. Well, he probably never jerks off. No. Why would he jerk he, off? Because he, he has fuck a everyone. fucking harem. He has 500 wives. Yeah. Why would he jerk off? You would have satisfied five, 500 wives. is so preposterous. Well, I, I, I would, Those I, poor I, girls. I, I, would, uh, I, I would propose the argument of you don't have to fucking talk to them or buy them breakfast. There's 500 of them, though. They're, they're, they're like going to Sometimes you'd rather go, when is it my turn? Off. And you're going to be like a year and a half. And I, like, no I, fucking way. I think I became an adult when I'd go, I should just jerk off rather than fuck this girl who thinks yeah. I like her. Because I know I won't like her. I, I quote you all the time, the post-cum syndrome. Yes. Where you go, oh, I really did think I liked you until I came. Yeah, I used to do a bit about it. Uh, jerk off know. first, then think about it. That was my best advice to people. Jerk off first, then think about it. Because that, that is a weird fucking thing with men. Like, you, you really think, especially when you're young, like when I was in my early 20s, you think differently. Like, you think, like, oh, maybe she could be my wife. And then you nut, and you're like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? And it's a fucking horrible but feeling. It's, but it's true. It's like it's real thinking. It's not like you're, like, women, a lot of times, I think, they're for sure, some guys are deceptive, and most guys are just can be deceptive if they're trying to get laid. But there's also, you're being deceptive to yourself. Like, your dick is lying to you. Yeah. Yeah. You wish you could have some kind of way to put that perspective in, like, listen to what my brain was telling me. Yeah. Put my brain in your head for a second. You'll understand. I Now I feel bad about it. Yeah. And it's not even a power dynamic. It's a, a bullshit dynamic, maybe. Where, yeah, I but I really felt that way until I came. Mm. And that is, you know... One thing I gleaned off of, yeah, you're supposed Darwinian to Darwinian psychology theory. Yeah, you're supposed to keep the same mindset before you come as after you come, which is ridiculous. Like you're supposed to look at things the same way after you come as before you come. No, the, the but it's not ridiculous to uh, to people who don't understand that, meaning women, because they always think the same way. That's not true. But either, that's though. not true after at all come, either. They must have a enormous relief. If you see, could, if see you this could is my like, problem with reading a smart fuck book for 16 and a half hours, listening to it. Now I think I know what the fuck I'm talking about, and I don't. Yeah, but you're just but talking. But it makes sense. Yeah, we don't have to know what you're talking about. You're just talking. Can't I know. I was, trying to, I was trying to dumb myself down with alcohol. My, 
we were when we were talking earlier about when you start believing your own bullshit. Yeah. My sense of humor is Brendan Walsh. It's not Hilarious. the yelling guy on stage yeah. that I am. That's who I became on stage. What I laugh at is Brendan Walsh in a fucking neck brace doing prank phone calls. That's what I grew up being. Then I heard Dice Clay. Then I started doing stage. I fucking love Brendan Walsh being ridiculous and silly and fart diarrhea fart sounds. It's one of the best follows on Twitter. Didn't they ban his account? Yeah. What, you, what was it for? Because he... Pull it up. Brennan Walsh. I think it's still his pinned tweet. They uh, abolished his verified account because he... A parody. Because he was... Yeah, he was yeah. pretending to be Donald Trump Jr. Oh, and, and, that's what it was. And it was benign, as benign as the Australian artist that yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen no, has remember. a problem with. I remember reading it and but being he annoyed. Fucking, he was crestfallen. I love when I get drunk and I find a big word like crestfallen. He was fucked up over being, you know, canceled by Twitter over some silly shit. Brendan Walsh is one of the funniest Twitter people. He's now at, at Brendan Walsh. At, and then spelled out at Brendan Walsh. A.T. Brendan Walsh, yeah. So what was it? Me and Eric are putting on a pot of coffee and we're going to... We're going to put on a pot of coffee and we're going to figure this out. Tonight, we're in the White House. Sleepy Joe's in a cheap motel where he belongs. And it's a Donald Trump Jr. fake tweet. Well, here's the thing. It's because he When has you the, have the verified symbol, yeah. you can put anything underneath it. Which right. I used to, like if I was fighting with an airline, I could right. like, change what I, uh, who I am to Delta Condnast travel uh, yeah. writer. Oh, fuck. He's got... You know, 300,000 followers, and he's a travel writer. <laughs> but he actually pretended to be Donald Trump Jr. because he was verified. Yeah, but it said Brendan Walsh. I know. It's so dumb. It's but funny. That's, that's I, funny. It's so stupid. There's, like, come on. there's so many people that have to fucking speak up in whatever the culture is. There's a million different cultures that have all been boiled down into left-wing or right-wing. But... When you fucking talk to people off the record that are in whatever groups that go, this is so fucked up. I live in Hollywood. I'm a writer. I'm a whatever. And they don't speak for me, but I can't. Like, fucking white males can't save you now. Like, yeah, you have to speak up and go, hey, that fucking person doesn't speak for me, but they're all worried. Well, they're worried about losing their jobs. Exactly. But- but we're just losing our sense of humor. It's just that's the the, the idea that they would just pull that down and pretend that that's imp, like he's being an imposter. Like no, he's being funny. Like you you got to have room for parody, folks. This is the internet. You're gonna ruin Twitter. It's no, already ruined. You're gonna they, ruin it even further and further. Yeah, you have to have room for fun. No, no. What we do is we they shut down a loophole. We open up a new one. That's how the fucking cycle goes. Okay, what do you, you mean? can't do that. Well, you can't do that on Twitter anymore. Then you go and you don't go parlor. Like that's the problem with any one of those things, right? Whenever they have a new one of those things, it always becomes like a right wing haven. Because by getting people, it's really kind of brilliant in a way. Because by be- getting people to uh, have this, like, since there's this heavy left wing bias on Twitter, 
when people abandon Twitter or they get kicked off of Twitter, they're almost always right wing. And when they go to these places that say, we don't have any censorship, well, what's the big censorship? On, on Twitter, the big censorship is in saying offensive things, saying things that have, things that have been deemed culturally inappropriate. So that's, of course, especially if you're like some fucking 16-year-old kid, you don't care about the future of this app. You don't give a fuck. You're gonna, you want to say all the shit you know you can't say on Twitter, but you can say at blah, 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 whatever the new app is. So they go over there and they ruin it. And so like you have the main town square, which is Twitter. And every new one that pops up sort of miserably fails because they become so right-wing like it's all the people that are using it are right-wing people and this is only a few of them that i've looked into but a couple a couple of them i mean maybe there's some new ones i'm not aware of jamie are there any new ones new social media apps that are on the up and up or on the rise but isn't it the same thing am i correct that they become like super right-wing uh i don't know Probably wasn't that both. the thing with parlor that they were saying that that's how a lot of those QAnon guys we're communicating. I'm straining yeah. to find a better better example that's not social media, but whatever a law passes, you can't do this anymore. Okay, but we, you can't smoke in bars anymore. But we could have outdoor smoking. Okay, and then they go no outdoor smoking. So then you have a cigar bar can have. They're not applicable. See, here's the problem. There's never been a thing like social media that's had that much influence on so many people. And then a few people with a very, like, a rigid ideology in terms of what they'll allow, what they don't allow. And those people are controlling this massive amount of discourse. That's never happened before. It's way different than a law or anything but, uh, else that creates but I'm a saying, loophole. We, we always, as human beings, find a way to usurp a law, yes. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. What, if it's Twitter law, government law, you find the loophole, then they find a way to shut it down, then you open up another... Throughout right. history, you yeah. find a way to fuck the system. Problem and is, it could the take system decades. fucks you. It could take decades to get out of this uh, Twitter power. Look, this, you could say the same thing about like, why is uh, the Chinese government have control of all their one billion people? Well, eventually they won't. Okay, well, how long is that going to take? And then take hundred years, and they'll elect a new government that fucks them. But this is the problem with this thing that Twitter is because we we look at, and it's not all a problem. But we look at social media apps like a thing that you use. It's just a thing you use. You don't have to use it. It's a private company. They can do whatever they want. But it's way bigger than that. It's, it's, it's something that can influence billions of people. It's a, a way of distributing ideas that's never existed before. <coughs> and if it gets controlled in terms of like there's people like that, they're, they're kicking off Brendan Walsh for pretending that he's Donald Trump. I mean, come Junior. on. Junior. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, uh, there's, you got to have parody. You got to have fun. You can't. You can't have it so locked down and rigid. It's just you're going to ruin have to understand human that communication. We're old, and the kids will figure out a way to Maybe. fuck the system. Maybe, and then the system will fuck them back. The system always fucks the people, and the people find a way to f find a loophole. And maybe. Maybe, but this is a different thing. This, this, we've never experienced this kind of a thing before. This, this thing is so much more powerful than any other new thing that's ever existed. Yeah. In terms of the ability to get out ideas and how much it can change culture, you know, it. I mean, maybe, maybe kids will figure out a way around it, or maybe it'll warp people to the point where they're willing to accept some sort of totalitarian regime as long as they think it's Which like ethical and moral. Done. 
Yeah, which, as long as they think it's like the ethical and moral thing to do, like it's a, a great ethical, moral, totalitarian regime, and they'll they'll, they'll hop on board, and then you're you're going to be cool with you know 2020s McCarthyism. It's like it's going to be very sim similar. And then people turn to 2030s people yeah. will go fuck this, and they'll figure out another way to fuck them, and then the system will fuck them again, and uh, like Maybe. it's. Maybe. Maybe they'll stay control just like the Chinese government. You know, like this is the thing. It's like once something has control, like people are really terrified about Facebook. They're really terrified about Twitter. And they're ter terrified about YouTube. The amount of control that these companies have, they're not egregiously abusing it like they possibly could. Like if, if one of them like really went heavy off the rails, there's a lot of power that these people have and so much money. You know, it's that's why that if you watch that social dilemma, that documentary twice and it fucking terrified scares me the shit twice. Out of you. And then the Bill Hicks bit. I look out my window. Right. Cricket. Right. Cricket. Where's all this shit happening? Do you, do yeah, you, I remember that. Do, do you, do you want to know my neighbor's names? I'll start with fucking. Well, Morgan Murphy rents at the end. I'm sure uh, you know your neighbors. I get yeah, what you're saying. The point is you're, cl you're close to your I know they're world. fucking yeah. pets names. They're welcome at my house. That's great, but it's still you're not going to get away from the impact. So of this if stuff. I tell people, listen, if you just stop procreating to a point where you actually know the people that you're talking to, and humanity isn't just this vast load of nameless people, well, they're not going to do that. They're going to keep fucking. <laughs> they're going to keep making more people and fuck every uh, social dilemma argument. <laughs> that me and Chad Shank have while we're drinking always ends up with overpopulation, too many people. That's definitely part of the problem, but it's not just the problem. Like Even if you have less people, they're still communicating the same way, and they're still branching off into these echo chambers, and we're, we're more divided than we've ever been before. Like no matter. How, and here's the problem with that whole population article, I, um, argument. I like people. Like, if you stop fucking and then there's no people, then we go away. And then there's no more people. Like, I like them. I like having them around. I, yeah. like, I think the only way you have them is if you make more of them. But I think the only way you appreciate them if they're uh, in... Uh, you have less of them. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem with L.A. in New York, right? There's uh, You don't feel connected to a billion people. There's there's too many of them. There's a burden. Uh, a fucking million-year-old million bit of mine... But you love a kitten, but if you came home and there was 8,000 kittens hmm. in your fucking one-bedroom apartment, you'd put on golf shoes and stomp them to death Yeah, because yeah. scarcity is... Yeah, the numbers that we live in, whether it's... L I mean, that's one of the things that I noticed immediately upon moving to Austin. It's like it's more relaxed here. There's less humans. Like, it's not good to be in that kind of fucking high RPM buzzing of L.A. I love, I, love, I love your love of Austin, but I almost moved here from Bisbee. When I first moved to Bisbee, and I had a fucking issue there, and I go, fuck it, I'll move to Austin. I'm like, Austin, the traffic here, which is my number one consideration, along with weather of where to live. Like, the traffic here is so fucking awful. No, it's not. It's it nothing. Is. It's a joke. It takes you an extra 10 minutes to get places. It took me 15 minutes in a <gasps> Walmart parking lot to get out of it when I took a wrong right turn to try to get some food yesterday. 
maybe. Oh, that's just go you. up Ben Adams and you fucking. Jamie, back me up on this. This traffic is bullshit, right? It's a joke. It's, it's not that but the roads are. You mentioned that the other day. The roads, the roads are, are terrible. Stupid. They They're terrible. fucking made a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, whoever the civil engineer is that started the city, they they did it for horses. Oh wait, you're yeah. you're, you're on my side. Well, in terms of the way it's engineered, it's yeah, terrible. It's fucked up. Yeah, but the amount of traffic is a joke. It's not a. It's not a crisp, the amount of traffic grid is the amount of follow. fucking people trying to leave a, a Walmart taking a right turn on Ben Adams on a fucking one way uh, frontage road. I get it. You're used to Bisbee. Yeah, Bisbee I know. is uh, way I, I told way you. sleepier. I, it's, yeah. it, it's my first forage out of my bed in a year. I knew I was gonna. But that's good. Stay there then. This. You got a good spot as long as you don't like talk it up too much. No, no, it's a terrible place. It's a yeah, horrible place. That's it. That's what you got to say about everything. We're going to start saying that about Austin too. Don't come here. Well, but they, of course, you know, like people are going to come. It's better. It's better than LA. That that I don't understand the LA thing anymore, especially now for comics. It doesn't make any sense to me because it used to be that you wanted to be connected to television and you want to be connected to the movie industry but comics today are more connected to podcasts than ever before which means you could be anywhere you could be in fucking arizona it doesn't matter Zoom. nashville yeah Zoom another benefit of covid thank you five hundred thousand fucking mostly elderly people that died so i could figure out zoom and i like i i'll tweet hey uh if you want to talk send me a zoom link and I'll fucking talk to you. And then I'm talking to someone from wherever. Just some strange person. Yeah. 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 Fun. I That's brought fun. my goddamn reading glasses because I'm so used to Zoom. I have to... Yeah, I, I... I don't like doing podcasts over Zoom, though. They just feel so flat. I mean, they're better than no podcasts at all if you want to talk to someone from the UK or something like that. But it just it feels flat. It's like the, the interaction you have is so um, it's limited, you know? Sounds good. This yeah. kind of shit's better. Oh, it's obviously better, but where I live. Yeah. Um, yeah now I'm you... getting actual, like, I fucking drunk dial fucking Mike from Nickelback. Mike from Nickelback? Who's that, the lead guy? Now nah, he's the brother, I guess. I don't know. But, like, over a year, like, yeah, I have reached out. I've fucking rejection-proofed myself. Fucking Dr. Hook... Dennis, the lead singer of Dr. Hook, who when we get drunk and we play karaoke in the funhouse, we play Dr. Hook all the time. And he just randomly DM'd me, hey, I'm a big fan. I'm a American uh, rock guy. Oh, that's hilarious. And I, wait, you think I don't know who you are? That's funny. I'm just a big fan. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Dr. Hook is a fan of us? We drunk fucking carol your songs like fucking horrible Christmas carolers. <laughs> Sylvia's mother said... Mm. Anyway. Anyway. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. It's four o'clock. Oh, Can't fuck. <laughs> yeah, time flew. We did... Uh, it's like three hours, right? Douglas. Where are you going to do this comedian's uh, Bohemian Grove thing? It's a... Uh, well, uh, Can you tell me? Off the air? Uh, yeah, no, it's it, it, yeah, it's, it's in Arizona. It's a hundred miles away from where I live. What? Well, well, okay, but it's forty-two miles from the Tucson airport. Oh, so it's easy to get in, easy to get out, and I just need five hundred thousand dollars of seed money. Oh, you need a ghost GoFundMe? Yeah, no, I need you. No. I need you. Busy, very busy out here. No, I don't very need. I here. just need your money. Mm. Well, See, we'll this talk. Is, 
No, no, this is Zha Jing. That's going to be happening. This is Zha Jing's fucking rejection yeah. proof. He yeah. just asked, and he well, he said, uh, "Well, then you're rejection proof, so it doesn't bother you." Yeah, I don't. I don't really need to do that. I don't think you uh, need that kind of money to do that. No, I, I, I like to bring in accountants to go over your paperwork, and um, well, that's why I have Raider oh, well, to do, do all the paperwork. You think they're going to move there? The comics are going to move to this spot? No, they're just going to visit. No, no I'm just going to move like a, my compound. I'll tell oh, you. I'll tell, tell you. Me, tell me. I'll tell you. I'll tell, tell you the other okay. part of it. Douglas. Why I want to get the fuck out of Bisbee. Oh, there's another part. Yeah, it's just okay. one bad, bad man. All right, it's fucked me over. I love you, Doug Stanhope. I'm sorry you had to have me on. <laughs> Come on more often. It'd be more comfortable. Uh, thanks for the book too, <laughs> Sam Talent. Sam Talent, Run running the light. the light. I'm gonna check it out. Vodka juice box. Oh, bingo! Sorry, bingo. Heard you were an anti-masker, so I'm she. Not. I know. Well, she sent you a mask. Oh, was it? Bingo is uh, her and her uh, musician partner uh, have made a band, Vodka Juice Box. All right. And uh, we'll we'll get a picture afterwards. Smells good. I've only worn it twice. Bye, everybody. Bye.